Welcome back to another episode of Men of the Machine. I am Kevin. I'm DJ. And it's here. We hit it. The culmination of years of, I was going to say work, but probably more so just talking about doing something that we finally did. We are comparing today the two what are, are widely considered two of the better versions of shonen anime arcs you'll ever see in your lifetime. Chimere Ant for Hunter Hunter and Water 7 slash Ennis Lobby for One Piece. I'm going to say right off the top, uh, DJ, because I'm going to probably bring this up a lot. I honestly don't think either of these two arcs are the best arcs these shows have to offer. Mm. No, I'm not criticizing either of them. I'm just saying that the amount I've seen of One Piece and all of Hunter Hunter that we watch together, they are very, very good animes with very different purposes that tell incredible stories and have have a bunch of wonderful elements to them but they're not even the two best arcs to me yeah. controversial start well then shotgun what are the two best arcs we don't have to really talk about it too much or justify it but what okay. is what are the best arcs uh, to you best best arc in one piece is marine ford which you're on your way to haven't been to yet that's fine mm-hmm. um so i'm not gonna say why it's the best but that's the best for one piece for me um oh and uh it's fair it's important to say that currently wano is considered the best arc that's ever happened. It's not even done yet, and it's widely considered the best One Piece arc. So I'm excited to get to that. But the point is, uh, Marineford, and for Hunter Hunter, it is actually either the Zoldic mini arc during the exam, or York New. York News is fucking incredible. I think we mentioned that during our, our last podcast, the recap of Hunter Hunter, which is now a two-part podcast, because we went on for a while in that we, one. Yeah, it, three hours, you probably so. should split it up. But, uh... Uh, so that's how I feel about these. So I, I might say uh, during it, like, yeah, but they do that better in blank, like defending the show, which I'll, I'll try to not do. That, But that's not why we're here. We're comparing the two juggernauts. And I, I actually do think that Chimera Ant was my favorite arc. Maybe York knew would, would yeah. compete with it. Um, I think that's fair. It, Chimera it, is insane. And One Piece... I might actually like Thriller Bark more than uh, Water <laughs> Seven, because I've I've seen that now since we recorded. Uh, yeah. It's not going to have any bearing on our comparison of the two arcs. Right. Because, again, we're not caring about what comes after. Yeah. I actually liked Election Arc a lot, and I know you had mixed feelings on Election yeah, Arc. Yeah, I, so. I, I was uh, I did not enjoy it, but but we're not going to talk too much about that either. Right. So we're gonna stick to the nitty gritty now. We went through everything. Okay, we definitely did not go through everything, but we went through as much as we could. Uh, in the previous three podcasts. Uh, there's going to be stuff we talk about today that we didn't get to in those, so if you've never seen any of these, why are you listening? Um, and if you have seen these, then we'll hopefully cover some of the stuff we missed, like such as Yuppie. We didn't even get to talk about him when we were talking Chimera Ant, or Poof. He never came up, really. He barely came up, and he's yeah. probably both, one of both of our favorite characters yeah. in the Chimera Ant arc. Uh, so. Ennis Lobby, we almost didn't talk about, because we, cause, we, cause <laughs> if we're being fair... Maybe we should have literally just done Water Seven and then versus Chimera Antarctic. Like that kind of honestly would have worked just as well in this situation. Nope. Um, so we'll, we'll get to all that. But we have five criteria. Criterias we are judging these. Like on. five and a half. Yeah, five and a half. And each of them have stuff to them. So today we're going to talk about one: the setups, uh, a few episodes before that lead you in, and the start to an arc. I don't 
believe that the setup is purely what happened before, you got to get into each arc, which each of them do differently. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, character utilization and introduction. We've got two sweeping ensembles of just various cast and crew, but that are are brand new and are old, lots of tie-ins. That's all going to be talked. Three is obviously the story, how -hmm. good it was, plot elements, plot holes potentially, the pacing. Four, action, choreography, uh, the evolution of people's powers, how they use them, how often they use them, all that kind of stuff. And five, the resolution slash send-off slash payoff. How how does it tie everything together, and how satisfying is the ending? Um, But before all that... And then a little bit about technical aspects. Before all that, let's talk about the the, the shows as a whole and how they existed, the the, the technical side of things. Okay, yeah. So... um, yeah, these were both in serialization in Shonen Jump at right. They they both started right around the same time. Yeah. One Piece started a little later than Hunter Hunter. I think. I think if I remember correctly, please I, fact check that. Like the uh, when oh <laughs> when oh. the manga started. Print. Yeah. No, we looked that up. Before. They were right around the same time. Yeah, One Piece uh, started in ninety six and Hunter Hunter started in ninety four. I think. I, uh, no, I think our dates are wrong. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to put incorrect information out. I'm pretty and state sure that fact. One Piece either started in '96 and then the anime in '97, or '97 the anime in '98. I know that that's that. That sounds author. right. Uh, um, Hunter Hunter is the one I don't know. So we'll find that out. But they they did start. They did start at about the same time, and by the time these two arcs uh, happened. Hunter Hunter is famous for its hiatuses and delays. That's something everyone knows. It's experiencing a very, very lengthy one right now for both the anime and the manga. Okay, the manga of One Piece started in July of 1997. Boom. The anime did not start until July of 2000. What? I thought it was way sooner. So three, yeah, three years. Okay. And technically One Piece had kind of a soft pilot. The first uh, manga that... Oda did was a right. one shot. It was a collection of short stories called Wanted, and Romance Dawn was one of the short stories. It was very different than the the Romance Dawn, of, yeah. But Luffy was still the main character. Yeah. He fought a villain that never shows up in the One Piece manga proper, mm-hmm. and it's still about how he's a pirate and he's a rubber man and right. so, like the character of Luffy was basically the same. But that was the only thing it really had. It's all there. Everything's all there. Um, let's see, where did Hunter Hunter start? You can talk about something else while I'm fiddling with the film. Yeah, yeah, uh, so, um, it's worth noting that the anime we're watching, because we're talking Chimera Ant, is the 2011 rebake. The original one, we, I've, I've watched, like, very few scenes on YouTube. I'm good, not worried about it. So, Hunter Hunter started, uh, its publication on June 4th, 1998, about a year after One Piece started. Okay, so One Piece was earlier, mm-hmm. barely, but earlier, uh, and they're both ongoing, technically. Yep. Um, One Piece is currently on chapter 1,011, mm-hmm. and Hunter x Hunter is currently on chapter 180 or yeah, something like that. One Piece is currently on the Wano arc, and yeah. Hunter x Hunter is currently on the Great Hiatus arc. Yeah, yeah. They they never they're mid-arc right now, I believe, in the Hiatus. Yes. In the Dark Continent arc or something like that? Or the I, Great I, Secession, I think it's, it's the, 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 the Secession War is the, like, the next arc after Election, I believe, or mm-hmm. the, the Succession War, not right. Secession. Yeah. Um, I think that's the next after, uh, but I think the Dark Continent arc is what they're currently in, yeah. Okay. Um, so they're both long, ongoing ones. Uh, the anime, the, the reason why I bring it up the way I do is because the anime for One Piece started so much earlier that the quality, 
is more gradual, but they want to stick to the art style of One Piece, whereas Hunter x Hunter in 2011 gets this really bombastic animation. It's one of the best animated shows I've seen as in terms of quality in a long yeah, time. It's the same studio that would eventually do One Punch Man. Not the same director, but... Season like, one of One Punch Man. Season one, yes. Yeah, because The they, one that everyone loves. Right. The fights are incredible. The colors, the stylization, all... Well, I'll get to style in a minute, um, is incredible. Um... The, of, of the two adaptations, mm-hmm. I would say that Hunter Hunter is the one that takes the most liberties with its source material. Yeah. Um, it does, the, when, you, when you're mentioning style, um, the Hunter Hunter anime takes some pains to streamline the style of the manga because yeah. uh, Togashi is notoriously all over the place with his style in the manga, yeah. and it is... You noticed it in the anime. It is way more noticeable in the manga. So yeah. the anime actually did some things to make it more cohesive. In terms I actually of its did style. go check uh, and read a few chapters because I wanted to. I had some issues with the way Chimera Ant starts, which we'll get into in the introduction, and all that. Mm-hmm. And I went to read the manga. I was like, "What does it do a little differently?" And it did. The manga actually fixes fixes one of the issues I have with Chimera Ant. But my God, it's like he it, it it's like he wrote a script so you write a script for all these things I'm, I'm assuming it's very similar to comic books it's like he wrote the script and realized he had to turn it in tomorrow so he just drew like eyes and a mouth on the paper and then a few scribbly lines to fill in and then oh shit i gotta draw killua point 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 two eyes scribble to fill it in you're like i don't know what i'm looking at which is i'm not judging that part of it because we're doing the anime but that's where what you said comes into play which is the exact opposite of oda who painstakingly takes his time to put as much detail into every goddamn image he draws and the uh uh the show even though it does progress and you do get better quality as it goes on is like let's just put that on screen let's literally take that and try to get it on screen now when when you mention the script drawings let, let, let's be perfectly fair to to hunter hunter in the Tankoban releases which for for those of you who are comic book nerds watching, those are like the trade paperback versions. Yeah, they do fix that. Yes. So when you see the yes. sketchy releases. If you're one of those people watch or like reading speed scans of the manga as it comes out, that's what you're gonna see. But yeah. it's not One Punch original artist level bad, but uh-huh. it's pretty unique. Have you ever watched or read those? I've seen them. It's and he just doesn't draw backgrounds a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty fun. I won't lie, it's charming, and you can see how it was very web comic-y, but. Um, it's not that bad. Uh, it, it's definitely passable most of the time. There is the like f- infamous chapter that you just just read the words. I, I can't remember which one it is. It's like it's like midway through Chimera Antark where he just stopped. He just gave up, and then he gets back to it and it gets better. But there's this one chapter that's just garbage. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the anime did a lot of smoothing over that. Yeah. Uh, and this this is the 2011 anime we were talking about. Mm-hmm. There was one that came out in 1999 that was more like close to the production schedule. That one ends at York New because that's okay. where the the manga was up to at and, the time. But did that it, it did up. it do all of York New? It did all of York New, and then it had an OVA to cover Greed Island. But but Greed Island was currently like in progress gotcha. when the anime got to its end. Chimera Ant was just a dream in Togashi's mind, yeah. so obviously they couldn't do that. Yeah. Okay, I, I wouldn't mind going back and watching the, that York New, the, seeing how Yeah, the 99 is. anime has all of the trappings of that the, we're about to talk about in One Piece, where it had filler arcs and it yeah. had filler episodes, and it grinded its pacing to a halt to keep uh, from catching up. Yep. 
and they used a lot of the same voice actors, which uh, was nice. I think Gone has the exact same voice actor between the two. That was the one that stood well, out to me. That's really cool. Um, I don't know how many they kept. I know Hisoka's is different because Hisoka's voice in the original was weird. That's one of the ones I saw on YouTube clip. Um, but not the point. Uh, so yeah, in terms of stylization, um, I know we're not. This isn't one of those we're grading left or right on. Um, but I have to give personally. I have to give One Piece my my like. I prefer this, and that's just because it's so consistent all the way throughout. The character designs in Hunter Hunter are, are always different and always varied, which is cool. Um, I'm not not grading that because there's certain characters that I was like, oh, that's kind of, like uh, like like the Phantom Troop. I uh-huh. actually love pretty much every single one of those guys. I'm like, wow, you're all so incre- you all deserve in your own different anime, which is my critique as a compliment. I'm like, well, this is fucking weird, but also kind of awesome, and I'm loving it. The Frankenstein dude who shoots with his fingers. Like, you're like, what is... How does he stand next to beautiful anime babe with a vacuum? And how does she stand next to Roroni Kenshin? And how does he stand... Like, there's so many. And then there's freaking Yu-Gi-Oh guy, the dude who does the robot controlling. Like, that's what I mean, is the character design so all over the place, which isn't a negative. It's very good. But in One Piece, especially talking about Water 7 and his lobby and how tight of a town you're in dealing with the with everything that exists there it is very fluid it is it is very contained i'm going i'm going to agree with you on that but uh, the point uh, that i want to agree with you on it is that i love oda's style yeah he has a very distinct style that is very recognizable and a lot of people are put off by it because i've heard a lot of complaints that people look at one piece and you know coming from like a western audience you look at it and it looks like a cartoon for baby it it looks it doesn't have the same anime aesthetic as anything else yeah it's not it looks more like a western saturday morning cartoon yeah it's not serious like a gundam or like attack on titan or like a full metal alchemist like it doesn't have that kind of edge to it it's it, more like round faces and long caricatures and and constantly throughout it, like, Oda has a very Looney Tunes sense of humor. And mm. that is always constantly there. It yeah. never goes away. Yeah. It's very slapstick. Um, I mean, sometimes he does the worst part of Looney He can lean a bit too much into the, the <laughs> whole perv joke. Like, yeah. it, when you think about it, Sanji is basically Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, almost exactly <laughs> Pepe Le Pew. And uh, the, the other thing that I think benefits to it is when, when people do those blank in the style of blank things you see all over the, the mm. internet where they'll draw people like what would it look like if the simpsons took place in the dragon ball universe and they draw them you can do that with one piece there is a style and it won't necessarily look exactly like a specific character from one piece whereas you can't do that with hunter hunter if you're doing something in the style of hunter hunter it's just going to look like gone that's the one people go to ah just make it look like gone and you're like, oh, okay, so... So, in terms of style, I am willing to give the point to One Piece. But, mm-hmm. in terms of the technical execution of the anime... It is I feel insane. like I have to give it to Hunter Hunter. Yeah, it is insane. They do the big, uh, over-the-top sweeping scenes a little bit better. The splash pages, if you will, mm-hmm. um, I like a little bit more in Hunter Hunter. And that mostly has to do with, like, the powers, actually, for me, than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see a few powers in One Piece later on that get to kind of open up. A guy, a man who's made of pure light a phoenix yada yada you get cooler stuff as time goes on but where we're at it is very well, like you said saturday morning cartoon so i'll yeah hunter the, hunter definitely the, takes it and I, i'm talking specifically about the anime adaptation right that's what we're, we're talking right. about right um because hunter hunter has the benefit of 
this stuff having been done by the time they they write it they don't have to fall back on things like grinding the pacing to the halt yeah. and throwing filler arcs and clip shows in the middle of their hype arc, yeah. which One Piece is guilty of, and we cannot, It's done it. in fairness, ignore that. Does it do it in Water 7? It does. In Ennis Lobby, it gets really oh, bad about that. In Ennis Lobby is worse, because especially like when you meet the Giants and stuff like that. Yeah, in Water 7 it's, itself, it's not really bad. Yeah. In post his Lobby, it has a few filler episodes, but they're good filler episodes, so I'm okay with them. Yeah. And it also serves the send-off, which we'll get to. Um, the, the ending filler serves our break from what we experienced, as well as giving context to how the characters are. So it's a little bit different than right in the middle of a fight scene stopping us for an episode yeah. to be like, Remember when we were sailing across the red line and we met two giants and they were <laughs> like in the manga that scene specifically it's literally Usopp walks up to I don't remember their names and he just goes hey what are you doing here and they go yeah we're serving because they have our our our, our masters they've got them captured and if we serve 100 years they're out and he's like okay well guess what those two guys I met them their names are this and this and he and his proof is they laugh like this and he does the giants laugh and they're like holy shit you're right we're on your side in the anime let's take 15 minutes to the play whole, a recap the whole episode is devoted to the recap of that yeah and that one so let, let me be clear here neither of us think filler is bad inherently no. No. and in fact one piece filler is a cut above most filler yeah. there's some very good filler in one yeah. piece we'll actually talk about that a little in the setup yeah um but one piece filler in Ennis Lobby is generally not good. The yeah. giant flashback, that's actually not bad. I feel like it's that not makes bad, that but that's hit. a pacing issue, though. It is. It, it's not a... What is bad is that after the hypest moment in Water 7, which is, you know, shooting through the flag, declaring war on the world government, and giving everyone their, their backstory, they immediately pump the brakes yeah. to have a clip show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. That is pretty egregious. They, they sometimes they cram two characters into a clip show. Like I think Zoro and Sanji get one episode for like half of the episode. Yeah. Where it shows the each of the backstory of all the characters. Like one episode is just Romance Dawn played over pretty again. much and again. Not yeah. new animation either. It's literally <laughs> yeah. just showing the clip from the show, and the animation is noticeably worse. Yeah, because you, can, it, you can feel that it's literally what was at that point in time. It was ten years ago that same quality pulled forward, not the new updated style. And most egregiously, they do a clip show to Robin's backstory, which had just happened in the and, show. And Robin's backstory is like three episodes, two. I know it's definitely two. It might bleed into a third. So it's like, wait, yeah. we just spent a lot of time on this. We yeah. learned all this a lot. So yeah, it's de okay. Uh, I remember that now. That's really bad. I'll say I don't enti I didn't entirely mind it to be fair because sometimes with One Piece being as long as it is, it's nice to look back and yeah. see how far they've come and that is how they frame it, but we have to count it against One yeah. Piece if we Oh, without fair. a doubt. As, and, and like you said, it has to do with the pacing. Whenever I pitched Water 7 to Ennis Lobby, I said, "You can't watch Water 7. You have to watch Ennis Lobby because it don't stop." You go through the town, you get on the train, you fight in the Justice Building. It don't stop. And technically that's true, but yeah, while you're in that vibe, to get just a quick punch in the face of like, go get some popcorn, we're going through two episodes, that does suck. That okay. It's not the only time it does it, too, because it'll do like, oh, well, you're in the middle of a fight with, with the Chapapa guy. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and Chopper does his monster point thing, and yeah. then immediately it cuts to... But what if the One Piece crew were were cops in feudal Japan? 
I don't remember that. That is a thing. They, they spend like two episodes on. And then later, during the middle of a different fight, they do it again for oh, one episode. I don't remember that at all, and I'm kind of happy I don't remember that. I'm good <laughs> with that. So the I saw Water 7 in lobby. I saw parts of it with DJ, like my favorite parts that I had to. I told him I was watching with him. I haven't seen that since... 2013 14 uh and i reread it in the manga so all that obviously stuff, that's not there all that stuff like finding out where it is i'm like i don't remember it at all because i'm so fresh on them so that's good that's we're gonna need that and again in fairness it's not the worst because again it's kind of an imaginative premise and they they use it as an excuse to bring back a lot of characters you haven't yeah. seen in the voice actors for it it seems like everyone had a lot of fun making the filler yeah. so and you also they they're constantly pulling characters around and they'll take t- and that's one of those times where i'm like is this egregious or not? Like, you pull in a character that we haven't seen in 40 episodes. Yeah, maybe I personally remember it, but is it fair to give me a 5-10 minutes of understanding him again? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Probably not, actually, but it's okay. Also, the I will point out that those little filler things do give us one of the objectively funniest filler things, which is Chopper Man. Chopper Man. My God, I don't remember this at all. <laughs> I'll have to look up Chopper Man. All right, what was that one? They so at the end of each of the recapped episodes, they uh-huh. did like just these little goofy comedy shorts that are done in a different uh, style, uh-huh. and they're all like different alternate universes using the same oh. characters. And Chopper Man is like One Piece, but it's superheroes, and Chopper is Chopper Man, and well, that sounds excellent. has to fight the the evil Doctor Usopp, who who whose like biggest minion is Luffy, but as a giant robot, which. Oh. Kind of ends up being uh, getting a nod in Thriller Bark. You know what might be another part of the issue on that? Uh, I watched it through, I told you this, I watched it through WatchOP.com. Oh, I might have cut out the filler. Because I remember, I was watching it through WatchOP, and then I went to my friends, and we were watching it on, uh, I think, Crunchyroll or something. Which and is, we, it, is a, it is a site that is definitely a little bit less than... Uh, oh, it's shut down since now. Yeah, it, very it shut down. It doesn't exist anymore at all. Do not follow that URL. Yeah, and it they it would cut the intro and outro, and I thought that's all it cut, because you do get a lot of filler. Like, I, I watched the dragon stuff before the Grand Line yep. in there, and... Um, I watched all the, the filler of what at the uh, end of Ennis Lobby where they have to basically help families in the middle of the town. I saw that, but I remember we were watching it, and I don't remember where we were. I was watching with a friend, and the Dragon Ball Z tie-in came on as a filler episode because mm-hmm. there is a Dragon Ball Z filler episode. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I already watched this. Why am I not seeing this before? So I might not have ever even seen the ones you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It might have cut those for me, and that sucks. Because that might that jades the way I watch this quite a bit. But that's okay. That's why you're here. That's why we got you. So let's get started with number one. So on the technical, since yeah. we've gone through that, yeah. point goes to Hunter Hunter. Half a point. Half a point. Uh, number one, the setups. Now, I'm going to say, we'll do, let's do one piece first. The setups, uh, which is all the uh, few episodes, tie-ins, lead-ins, all that good stuff. And then the introduction of the arc. In Water, in, in water 7, we get... Uh, them leaving G8. I'm counting G8 as set up. Yeah, if we're, if, we're going, if we're going to count the filler against One Piece, we have to count the filler in favor yeah. of One Piece too. Which is one of those scenarios. If you're ever watching One Piece and you're like, you look up, you know, I did this for Naruto as a kid. You look up what the filler is and you skip it. Do not skip G8. It is canon. We just talk, we just talked so much about why filler is bad. Now let's talk about why filler is good. Yeah. G8 is this mini arc. It's nine episodes, I think. Something yep. like that, and it is it is not considered canon in, no. in manga canon. It is, it is completely a filler arc in the strictest definition yep. of it. But Oda has admitted 
Yeah, they did that really well. Yeah, mm-hmm. they kind of nailed that. So uh, it takes place immediately after Skypea. They fall out of the sky with their uh, octopus balloon, and they land in the middle of a government base. Now, that's pretty standard filler. The Navy's bad guys. They're good guys. Let's have some hijinks. Yep. Sanji gets into a cooking hijink. Zoro gets into a I'm lost again hijink. You have some... Uh, Chopper and Nami have to do be pretend doctors. There's a fun filler villain in Captain Jonathan. Captain Jonathan, yeah. Like a chess-playing, like... It smart mastermind sort of guy yeah. who's also really nice and yeah. just generally has a lot of personality. He's not interested charisma. in killing you. He wants to capture you. He's like, hey, they're bad pirates. Let's get them. And his men legitimately love and respect him. And yeah. there's so, like, so there's even like a subplot of conflict with him and a world government guy who's coming to inspect the base. Because yeah, it's not and they're getting team. new chefs uh, that are that are dirt bags from some random place. So it's very that part of it, very filler where it's not very filler and you have to watch it, A, all the characters are done really well. Classic One Piece filler. Everybody is in character. You don't feel separated. Like, Naruto had them make decisions. You're like, what the fuck's this about? Mm -hmm. Like, this is very in character. But B, is that it has the most important plot thread that leads into and continues on for all of what makes the beginning of Water 7 important. Because I'm considering up to Luffy vs. Usopp, that's set up. Mm -hmm. Because right after that is when shit hits the fan. So... He learns in G8, not in the manga, at the end of Skypea, or during Skypea, Usopp sees uh, a, a, a figure repairing the ship uh, that he doesn't know, under, a, a he spooky doesn't recognize. spooky ghosty figure. Spooky ghosty. And then in Water 7, at the end of Water 7, you learn what that spooky ghosty figure is. That's way too long of a gap for something that felt kind of important. And the reason why this filler is so important is that he talks to a very famous shipwright that works there. You know, he's the old man, the 100-year-old guy who's been working on ships forever. And then he tells him, oh, that's special. That means you have a bond with your ship. That means you uh, have helped each other and you work together and you love each other. And this blah, 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 blah. And yeah, he really drives home like, I, I can tell that you love your ship. and. Yeah. That's important. That's like touching to me. Yeah. Uh, I I can tell that you, like, even though you are wanted and the whole base is on alert trying to get you, that in order to have that kind of bond with your ship, that you're not a bad person. Right. And and that's something that it unfortunately doesn't touch on in Water Seven. And the reason why that's so important is, Luffy and Usopp's a big fallout. They mm-hmm. come to Water Seven to fix their ship. They find shipwrights, and the shipwrights tell them your ship is dead. It's never gonna sail again. Usopp, unfortunately, isn't there because he gets robbed because they the Frankie family steals their money, and then Luffy and Usopp have their big fallout. That's my setup of an arc. Yeah, and uh, there is more setup to that, too. Long Ring Longland sets up Luffy's side of that, which is yeah. not yeah. how important the sh- Like, if, if G8 does a really good job of setting up how important the ship is to Usopp, mm-hmm. Long Ring Longland is all about setting up how important the crew is to, to Luffy. Luffy. Because Akainu, or no, Aokiji... Kuzan, I think is his name, walks in, absolutely fucking destroys Luffy. Luffy's never been beaten like this. He's always fought and then gotten outpowered and then he thinks of something clever. Nope. Aokiji's like, I outclass you in every conceivable way. I'm going to take Robin from you. She's crazy, evil, you're done. And Luffy's like, what? what? And he realizes how unmanned he is and he has to start, in that moment, he has to start making captain decisions. He has to be strong enough to save his crew. So we're going to fix the ship, I'm going to get stronger, and I'm going to take care of my people. So to have him and Usopp have this big to-do is like the pinnacle of that setup. 
It is as bombastic as you, and it's the best scene in all of Water Seven. And even before that, all the dicking around with the the Foxy pirates when well, Luffy, right. when Luffy has the afro and he's fighting uh, yeah. Foxy, and Foxy's and, trying to steal crew members, and he's like, "No, no, no, I ain't playing this." Yeah, we. So we know that Usopp loves his loves the ship yeah. and on a, on a level that is probably beyond. The, the rest of the crew definitely does, too. It's All to the, the point where does, the ship but... can manifest something to bi- fix itself. And Luffy loves his crew to the point that he would sooner die than, yeah. than risk giving up. A, not even, like, die in place of a crew member. Like, yeah. risk losing a crew member. Yeah. Even if they'd be fine. Yeah. So, um... That's all that, I mean, that, this is actually not that many episodes. Everything after this is where it starts to take a lot longer because this is from, like, uh, 200 to 220. So it's not that crazy. It's, like, 20 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is as thorough on filling you in on how everybody's feeling at the time. You get the Robin set up by Aokiji being, like, she's bad, she's evil. And you get that set up because she immediately gets taken by CP9. Um, everyone else is kind of doing their things. Uh, no, you do get consistently and this isn't just for this arc you do get zoro's never-ending faithfulness to his captain you get that uh-huh. during the foxy pirate thing where chopper's crying and zoro just goes fucking you shut up and listen your captain said this you made the deal you follow orders like that's how this goes and mm-hmm. you know that's actually important for when he explains why luffy had to kick Usopp out mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff all very good uh and it puts during all that, you're having fun and you're learning about Water 7. You're learning about why it's important to the world government. You're learning about why it's important to uh, uh, the trade epicenter of this part of the ocean. You're learning about Iceberg, so, yeah, the there's mayor. A, there's a lot of intrigue in Water 7 that mm-hmm. does not land if the setup isn't as good as it. Yeah. Uh, and also the, the Luffy versus Usopp thing could come off as very very hacky if it weren't for how good the setup. And in fact, I mean, earlier there was a hacky crew conflict which was whiskey peak right where they're like "Ah, luffy and zoro should fight but zoro is unflinchingly loyal to luffy and luffy trusts his crew absolutely so yeah yeah, but they should fight they're the they they come in first and second of the popularity polls so they should fight each other and this is not that at all no (laughs) and there's one other piece of setup that's very important you learn that the galila shipwrights are not to be trifled with Yep. Pirates come through, get their fixed ship, then they leave. If you try to start trouble, the Galila will fuck your shit up. And that's important for when you realize who they are. And they do a really good sleight of hand of convincing yeah. you that the Galila people are all are all good guys, yeah. just wacky, and that Frankie's going to be the bad guy. Right. And So all that setup is very important, and it all carries you through. It, it, it is hype, it is emotional, and it is interesting. Above all else... It's fucking interesting. The world building in One Piece knows no bounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we'll talk about the uh, Hunter Hunter. Mm-hmm. The setup for Hunter Hunter is the last episode of Greed Island. Yep. So technically, the setup is the anime goal of finding Jean. Mm-hmm. But that there's doesn't... not a whole lot of setup for Chimera Ant before Chimera Ant. Right. It's the very final episode of Greed Island. Is they sneak out a card that will allow you to carry your party, who you're with, which is Killua and Gone to a the last person well the last person you've seen i don't remember what a company exactly did but it it carries you where you want to go whatever i can't remember the exact it does make sense i know i'm making it sound like bullshit magic no in the show it works perfect um and they use the card and it transport them to this weird tree and a shadowy figure and that's the end that's the setup in terms of arc to arc and that's okay 
Um, there is a little bit more in the manga, but we're rating complete uh, only the anime. We're only doing anime right now. So, so. <laughs> you you start Chimera Antarch, and it actually has a... a, a it starts, in fairness to Hunter Hunter, tonally, it doesn't give you a sleight of hand or none of that. It starts with the tone that you're expecting to follow for 60 episodes. Mm-hmm. This guy sees him, he's like, hey, who are you? And and this guy shoots, and he hits an ant that's on the ground beside Gone, and he walks over and he explains, those are Chimera ants, they're terrible, you gotta be careful of them, because uh, it bit him, uh, and drew blood. And he's like, they'll, he kind of does a really quick explanation of, you know, their fucking, what would they call it, A1 quarantine or something? Uh, it's class B quarantine. Class species. B in quarantine. It's not the highest class of quarantine. Right. Uh, ooh, setup. Uh, which may be so for later. The setup know. for Chimera Ant is is slow, and I think it is deliberately slow. Yeah. Because you come off of Greed Island, which, as you said, doesn't do a lot to set up yeah. Chimera Ant. But it's a much more lighthearted arc. It's one of the most lighthearted arcs in the anime. Yeah, because you're playing a game, and, yep. and you're training. They get the big bisky training that's fun. And, mm-hmm. and you get the moment where Con- where Gon and Killua are literally like, I know we have a goal, but let's just have some fun with this. Yeah. And then you get the sports game at the Pirate Island and all that shit. Yeah. So Chimera Ant begins slow because it is a much darker arc. Um, yeah. and-, and when we say darker, I always have to clarify this. We mean straight up visually darker. I'm I mean, not. It willing, is visually darker. I'm not going to willingly say it is thematically darker. Not yet. We'll talk okay, about yes. that with story. Not, not yet. yet. No. At the beginning of the arc, it is definitely not thematically darker because yeah. that's the point of the slow buildup. They yeah. don't want to just immediately whip you in with this is. Well, they give about you a taste. Human misery. They give they you give a you, taste. They give you a little taste, but and that's it like, is. It's like five episodes in. I think I remember it being because mm. I thought. Uh, well, let's just finish with setup. We'll get to that next. Um, we're going to actually move the story one up to two and the character utilization down to three uh, because it'll make more sense with how we're talking. But part of the beginning, part of the setup to Chimera Ant is bringing you down a little bit after yeah. Greed Island. Gradually enough yeah. that you don't get like... I mean, some people have said in the middle of Chimera Ant, this feels like a completely different show. I disagree. Yeah. I feel like it eases in enough that it feels like a natural transition. And that's a point in Hunter Hunter's favor. Yeah, definitely. And it, it does this by, A, telling you what a Chimera Ant is right off the back, and mm-hmm. showing you that they're investigating this insanely large claw that they don't know what it is, but they're pretty sure and they're pretty scared about the implication. Meanwhile, it gives you very small scenes of this massive queen ant talking to herself about how she's ready to build the colony. She's ready for the king. She's ready to start this. It's little one-offs at the beginning and ends of episodes for a little while, which is good. Um, And her eating different things, like just kind of she eats like a crab out of the water and she eats a bat or something like that. Um, And it also establishes how important uh, Kite is to Gon, which is handled not as good in the anime as it is in the manga. Yeah. Um, So at this point, the only uh, importance between him and and Kite is, A, he knows that Kite is Jing. Kite tells him he's Jing's best friend, and he has his hunter card, and he's going to return it to him one day. That's like his thing. And he gives it to Gon and says, please return this to your father when you're ready. Um, But we got work to do. And then they give you... uh, a very quick flashback scene um, where he's explaining to Killua, I believe, oh, I know this man. I was in the forest as a kid and a bear almost killed me and he stopped the bear and then punched me in the face. Mm. That's, I mean, it's not a super long flashback, but it's like, oh, you were around 
and we don't know why yet or any of that. They they talk about it very lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you're as you're setting all up, they start to investigate. Uh, they stumble on. Uh, they go to like this science room, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's Chimera Ant Claw. That's a big ass Chimera Ant Claw." So I guess uh, we should probably look into what the hell this is all about. Mm-hmm. And then you get a lot of scenes um, of just like random monster Chimera Ants. This is the taste I was talking about. Yep. Eating people. Yep. One of them straight. Yep. Kills a chill child, right? And just, whoop, you're mine, and we're going to eat you. Um, and the queen eats the child and gives birth to Colt. And Colt is one of my favorite characters, and it's one of my biggest gripes with the arc. Mm. Um, and that's all. It's 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 showing you that, A, the chimera ant that we got a brief, like, one line on, yep, they're big deal. They've grown really fast, and now they're going to start wiping out the, this. They're in, a, what's it called? Um, uh, the NGL. NGL, which we do get a little bit of an explanation of what the NGL is from Kite's team, uh-huh. uh, which they say it's basically the most isolated place in the world. The people all believe in nature. That's like their big yep. thing, no technology. Chimera Ant, more than any other arc in uh, Hunter Hunter, is the one where they decide they want to try some world building. Right, and and they do it all right. I've got no complaints with it, but they're finally like, we're not just going to city to city. We're going to actually open the world up and explain why we are where we are. Mm-hmm. And that's good. I, that, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. Um, so they, they go to NGL. And then I think, for me, that's the end of the setup. Yeah, pretty much. When Kite, Gone, and Killua head to NGL. Uh-huh. It shows you lots of different Chimera ants going around and just picking off people. Uh, it and shows it- you them deciding to investigate. It shows Netero being like, hmm, we should look into this. And much like Water Seven, it's setting up so that it could pull a fast one on you. Right. It's gonna it's gonna do something a little quick. Uh, so in terms of the setup for Water One Piece is obviously much bigger, but the arc is much bigger. The show mm-hmm. is much bigger. So I'm not gonna use that as a positive or a negative. It fits its scale. Uh huh. Hunter Hunter, on the other hand, I don't. So it fits the scale in that every arc up to this point has been less than 20 episodes. I think yep. York knew was 21. Yeah, yeah um, something like that. And we're already 10 episodes in, and we're not even getting started. Like, we are, but we're not. The The, the colony's growing very fast. Um, the hunters are starting to realize, oh no, population's dissolving, and the NGL is like this haven of, go fuck yourself, don't worry about what's happening here. Mm. So it's, in terms of how the show is going, it, it, it it's different. Um, it's a little slow, but it's also a little rushed. If that makes sense. I think you know what I personally mean by that, but I don't know if you agree. I, I think I kind of get it. I think where uh, Hunter Hunter, the anime specifically, right. really fumbles with its setup mm-hmm. is not having introduced Kite earlier. Yeah. Which the manga does do, mm-hmm. but again, we ha- if we're holding anime-only faults against it, we have to bring that up. Yeah, it, Kite is way, way, way too important of a character to get less than 10 episodes of screen time mm-hmm. and for us to believe that the connection's the strong now, i do believe it because well, i yeah. know the i know the information from the manga and like honestly with what togashi himself set up and pulls off that is amazing it still works it's really it's really well done it's not one of those like ah, get this out it's not believable it's just one of these like you could have done more like it's still like you said the fact that it gets you to where it's going without completely disregarding it is incredible. Kite becomes 
I mean, shit, Kite has some of the biggest fans in the world, and he's, you know, a, a, a nothing character, more or less, at this in the, in the anime. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's impressive. That's impressive as all hell. There is no question that, that my man Yosh can, can introduce and write, and, and whether it's the anime or the manga, and make you fall in love with him, regardless of how short it is. Regardless. Um, so, so as a whole, setup uh, is very, very differently handled between the two. Uh, which one are you giving your point to? I, since this is just strictly the setup, mm-hmm. I'm giving the point to One Piece. I'm also giving the one the point to One Piece, and that's because, uh, in terms of story, not in terms of how the anime, the setup is my. It, you remember? I, I actually talked about this while we were watching Chimera Ant. I bitched through the first 10, 15 episodes. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" What is going on? Like, why is nothing being explained? Why is all this shit moving like this? Mm-hmm. And I immediately shut up about 15 episodes in, and I just started watching. And that was... I it, I have, I am not going to say this is a bad arc. I would never say it. This is one of the best anime arcs I've ever seen. But my God, the first 10, 15 episodes, I was just like... I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I Maybe I was being unfair, and I wanted to be mean. But then upon... Re- we've talked in excess the past few months about these two shows as i go back and think about it, i'm like no most of those thoughts still ring true to me but i just gave, got over them because it gets so good i well one piece of setup is better hunter hunter's change up is better yeah yeah their change up's way better um especially because uh which now let's move into that's perfect oh wait i wrote down a few things about how i didn't like uh a, a couple things i didn't like so i thought the evolution of the chimera ants is done way too quickly not this is what the manga fixed for me in the show they do not do a good enough job of giving you a time scale mm-hmm. they, they don't they they make you think it's happening at the same time everything with gone and killer was happening they do kind of give it but it's not really drawn attention to it yeah, away it's just glossed over because you're not supposed to worry about it mm-hmm. but when these and later it shows you that chimera ants are born at full at, at full maturity which in terms of insects it's fair you come out as a so that's and fair that and as actually a point of setup it does set up the payoff that they're going to die of super accelerated radiation poisoning exactly. their own rapid growth ends up being used against exactly. them at the end of the arc that is a good point of setup exactly it, it it ends up becoming okay but while you're watching it you have no understanding of how it's happening in the way it is you go from a queen being like i'm ready to literal hundreds of ants flying and picking off things in like less than five episodes so that just felt very i was not ready for it i also thought getting uh the heroes to the enemy was way too slow i thought that was but that's to the credit of slowing us down so that 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 juxtaposition of pacing was very weird for me yeah i I just explained why i'm actually okay with that yeah why that actually works in its favor uh (laughs) <laughs> I'll save that one for when we get into the story. Um, Over-explanation on the ants, underdevelopment, what it shows. Oh, yeah, that's another one that I thought. It's uh, it's very similar. It's actually the exact opposite of how Nen is introduced in this. So Nen is introduced very slowly with this sweeping explanation that matches what you're seeing bit for bit. Mm-hmm. Chimera ants are explained in a pretty good amount of detail it even shows you graphs on the screen that's like they steal genes and they evolve but it doesn't ever show you that it's just and now there's a crab and a this and a that and a this and that it doesn't give you that same like lead-in it just kind of drops it not a bad thing it's just a 
it just, note, the, yeah, just a note. it's just something I was like, oh, interesting. The inconsistency on what's important and what's not important is something I complain about this series as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it's not a negative. It's just that he, only, he, he wants you to be invested in what you're seeing, not the before and after, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Um, and lastly, oh, I actually really like that. That's story-related, uh, and that's all comes later as well. So uh, we'll, we'll give the point in this category to One Piece. Setup is One Piece, The, the yeah. current score is One Piece, one point. Hunter, Hunter, half a point. Half a point, yeah. Uh, number two, which, I like I said, we're flipping. Let's talk story and pacing. Because yep. this is where they're both going to get massive lifts and massive degradation, in my opinion. Let's hit pacing first, because that is uh, a little bit less spicy to talk about yeah. in the story. So pacing is very simple to me. In One Piece, it starts better and ends worse. Mm. In Hunter Hunter, it starts worse and ends better. Mm. It, it's kind of a flip for me. The minute that the entire Hunters Association, you get done with the training with Shoot and Knuckle, immediately after that, which is still like 30 episodes, <laughs> is almost perfect pacing. Like, I don't so, think it can be done better. Here, here's the funny thing. I mentioned that there's a very common complaint, even amongst Hunter Hunter fans, mm-hmm. about the pacing of the Chimera Ant arc. Mm-hmm. And it's not the build-up part. It's when they get to the uh, to the castle. Oh, they don't like that pacing. Yeah, they don't like the pacing of the oh. castle fight. They think it's too dragged out. I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, no, this is perfect. <laughs> they, are, they are people who have not watched One Piece. <laughs> that might, honestly, that very well might be it. Because the time... Uh, so in terms of pacing and story, this is one big negative I'm going to give One Piece. And that is that as you're moving through the story of One Piece and you're moving with this evolution of who the bad guy, who the good guy is, and where we're going, it's a very, very consistent but gradual build. You know, now it's the Galilah. Then you got Luffy versus Usopp. Holy shit, Robin's missing. Okay, now we've got to deal with the fact that Iceberg almost got assassinated. Okay, let's go deal with that. Now we're getting chased. Okay, these are the CP9. They're the ones who actually did it. Robin actually cares. Now we got the train. Like, you're moving, moving, moving. And then, uh, I mean, even without getting filled with the filler, like you were saying, there's a very harsh pause in that pace when you step foot on Ennis Lobby. You get good action scenes, of course, when they're fighting their way Uh to CP9. But it's not the same level of build now. It's this drawn out, like, oh, oh, oh. And, of course, the biggest negative for One Piece, which isn't in Hunter x Hunter the same way. You know how much I complain about Hunter x Hunter always needing a trial? Uh-huh. One Piece is obsessed with countdowns. Everything is on a countdown. <laughs> Ev- Water 7 has multiple countdowns. The train has a countdown. Ennis Lobby has, obviously, two Two massive countdowns between the drawbridge first and the door second. One Piece needs those countdowns. It does. Because Hunter uh, x Hunter, Hunter will cre- is not afraid to create tension by making its characters die all the fucking time. <laughs> and One Piece won't. One Piece won't kill off characters, so you need a fail state instead. And yeah. Countdowns are a very easy fail state to set up. Yeah. And he doesn't use them nearly as egregiously as he does in Water 7 and Lobby. But in regard to the story it's telling, you're right, it does need them. But regardless of it needs them or not, you still get caught up in the, like, really, another five minutes till death? <laughs> like, like you're just like, again? Because um, in Water 7, it's uh, the lagoon, uh, Aqua Laguna. That's the big the big thing is Aqua Laguna. Yep. Um, 
And then, then it's the gates of judgment well, after the, that. For the no, rest the of train. It. It's just to get to Ennis Lobby. We have to well, get her before it, we get. But there. it's all about the it's all about the gates of judgment. Right. Because if they get to Ennis Lobby and she gets through the gates of judgment, then there's it's no all way to for get to her, it's all to for Robin not, again. Yeah. So it does need them, but that is my big big gripe with the story and the pacing of One Piece is that a starts phenomenally, grinds to a halt, and everything is regarding to you know that you're just waiting to see if they make it in time. And it's a very 24. To be fair to the people who complain about Hunter Hunter's pacing in mm-hmm. Chimera Ant, I don't think it's entirely just based on the anime's pacing. I think it's based on the fact that the Chimera Ant arc started in like 2004, 2003 and ended in 2011. <laughs> yeah. So I could understand people getting complaining about the pacing of the castle fight when mm-hmm. you're like reading the manga and it goes on hiatus and then it comes back from hiatus and it's three chapters of castle fight and you're just like... Oh yeah, yeah. That can be rough. That I get. I get that. And the anime has to try to adapt that as smoothly as possible. Mm-hmm. It has to acknowledge those. And I think hiatuses. it does it well. Yeah, I think it does it very well. So there's a couple. So so this is one of those things that gives me such big pause for the setup. You show us that the chimera ants can evolve at these alarming rates, and that they can basically produce offspring as rapidly as possible. And yet, you're going to take a full month of training slash remember uh uh Loot gets the nendet and you're going to take a full month and they do it all right by showing that netero merrill and uh um what's Uh, his name teleported guy nav nav you show that they're kind of whittling their numbers down they're sending ants to netero who is just punching them out and that's awesome Mm -hmm. that's actually really cool but it, it still is like that the timeline of this arc makes no sense stuff that happens in a night is insane and stuff that happens in a month is nothing and stuff that happens in a week is kind of curious and the timeline is weird and honestly that may be a byproduct of all the hiatus it's a a hundred percent it could be that but unfortunately that's not my job i'm just talking about what i'm seeing Mm -hmm. um but let's talk story let's just talk story all right they are both depressing as all fuck but one of them actually has a happy ending. Yes. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, Water 7 and his lobby is save Robin. Let's learn about her backstory and why we're setting war on the world government. And uh, and let's add our shipwright. The, the story as a whole is is very nice. You get a lot of, like I said, you add the, you save Robin. You add the, the shipwright and you learn about the world. It is... It is the most important world-building arc in most of One Piece. It does a great job of setting up the world government in particular as a villainous organization. You get to see admirals. You get to learn about the Buster Call. You learn about what they're capable of when they don't want you to know something. And they're complex, too, because for most average people, the world government is unambiguously a good thing. Right. And you can understand that within the context of the world, in spite of the fact that there's plenty of mustache-twirling evil people. Right. Even G8 helps with this, because Jonathan is not a mustache-twirling villain, yeah, yeah. even though he is an officer in the, the army of the world or, government. Or Garp. Monkey D. Garp. He is yeah, a, at the le- end. He's a legitimately good guy. He's a well-lauded hero, because he did... Did it tell you what he did? Uh, he... He almost captured Gold Roger multiple times. Okay. Him to a standstill multiple times. Okay. So, yes, he has done. He has done masterful things. He's called a world hero, and he's a legitimate good guy. Aokiji, very clearly ominous, 
but overall lets people keep living. You learn about how he let Robin go, and you learn all this. He's a little bit more morally ambiguous, but he doesn't seem like a terrible person either. Right, but then you get people like Spandam and Lucci, who are two different versions of the absolute worst. One is that fucker in school who would ask the teacher that she forgot to talk about homework just so you'd get in trouble, (laughs) and then the guy on the playground who punched your shit out just because he was in a bad mood. Like, you get two very different versions of bad people, but you get the same understanding of like, oh, this exists in the government as well. Uh-huh. Ah, fuck, the government's rough. And it, it goes or, all it goes or, all the way up to the top. It's... Or T-Bone, the guy on the sword, who <laughs> literally is a, 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 like a zombie-looking evil guy, but it turns out he just loves his sailors and he will do anything to keep them safe. Like, he's a good guy, but he's also kind of a fucking hilarious it, villain. So yeah, in a, like a, in a lot of ways, the world government is a is beneficial to a lot of people. A lot of people love them and you can believe that they love them and there are good people working for them. But at the top, there's a massive conspiracy to suppress information about the void century that may be very detrimental to them if it got out and and they will go to horrifying lengths to keep that secret. And you also learn that above all else, they are getting dangerously close to the ultimate power, Pluton. And if they actually get a hold of it, the age of the pirates will end. That's what Spandam says. We're going to put an end to everything once we get this. We'll be unstoppable. And you're like, oh, that's a little uh, dictatory. They they currently have a stranglehold over the world, whether the world knows it or not. Right. But there's a lot of things that are emerging as threats to the the stranglehold that the world yeah. government has. O'Hara was one. They yeah. dealt with that very cruelly. Yeah. The Great Pirate Era is also one, but they, they have their systems in place for trying to manage it. And they can't fully take care of it until they can eradicate the Yonkos, and they can't touch the Yonkos. But they, they try. They have systems like the Seven Warlords, which yep. is very much a way to control the pirates. Yeah. Um, so, so as a whole... It, it, but the, what it deals with, this is why at the beginning I said I'm not willing to call them, you know, one more dark than the other at the begin, uh, off the top is one piece is Looney Tunes. We, we, DJ established that, and I agree. But in, the undertone is mass genocide, uh, slavery, uh, all the stuff Spandom implies is going to happen to Robin just because he wants it to. The slavery isn't even brought up before Water 7. It comes later, but... Oh, fair enough. But that fair is enough. something that definitely exists in yeah. the world. The fact that um, people like Lucci, as a nine-year-old, can kill the entire population of a town overnight because he wants to. Um, and the show doesn't shy away from colonialism either. No. Like, the world government... Po- Popping into natives' lands, setting up shop, ruining their culture, yeah. uh, declaring and it theirs. That That is something they 100% do, and it goes into the ramifications of that in a lot more detail than you'd yeah. expect from Looney Tunes. And that's uh, one of those things. So, like, let's take the Chimera Ants and how dark they are. They will kill and eat anything. It likes to set the stage of having them literally eat children. To learn about Nen, it shows them dissecting the brain of <laughs> one of the Nen units. Uh, uh, Pockle. Pockle. Poor Pockle. Um, yeah, he got the raw end of that. And then eating them, and uh, it's not scared to show gore, which is not dark, but I say, but By it itself. does it in a pretty brutal way. Uh, King immediately just murders two ants because they weren't the ones he was talking to, even though they were trying to be, like, uh, uh, complete followers and as loyal and faithful as they could. He's like, I don't care. I'm talking to you. Boom, you're dead. Um, there's lots of messed up stuff in that way. But, like, people are like, oh, did you see they ate a kid? Compare that to the Rob Lucci flashback. It's not different. Like, it's not darker. Rob Lucci 
murdered every single one of them with his bare hands, just like the ants are murdering everything because that's what they do. So that's when the ending but, changes. But where where Hunter Hunter is legitimately darker than yeah. One Piece is in its its theming. Yes, yes, the theme as a whole is. Uh, very intense, especially with things like King and learning humanity, uh, things like Netero showing what humanity is capable of, things like Gone, what happens when you've lost all hope and you're willing to sacrifice literally everything. It it, the, the, it lays it on heavy. The theme of the theme of Water Seven is one companionship uh-huh. and two the friendship you made along the way. Yeah, the friends you made <laughs> along the way yeah. and two uh, freedom versus uh, freedom versus oppression. Yes. Where freedom, you know, is is chaotic, it is dangerous, and it can be scary, but, you know, ultimately it is... And on the other hand, like, oppression can be safe, it can be comfortable. Yeah. The world government is like a comfy blanket that you don't realize is smothering you. Yeah. Or, in King's case, I need to rule you in order to allow you to be free. Mm-hmm. That's King's ideal when he's talking with Netero. Netero's like, holy fuck, you're right. We just kill each other all the time. That's terrifying. I have to murder you before I agree. But in One Piece, ultimately, you know, while there are darker themes to it, freedom wins out over oppression. There's dark moments. There are dark moments. That's it. Not yeah. But freedom wins out over oppression uh, and friendship wins the day. Right. So it is a very optimistic ending to an yeah. arc with some darker moments. Right. One, uh, Hunter Hunter's theme is about humanity, both the good and the bad, yeah. and how sometimes humans fail to live. The, humanity has potential. It has mm-hmm. potential for a lot of good and a lot of bad, and mm-hmm. sometimes we aren't our best selves, and sometimes we fail. And it does that in a lot of cool ways, some that I even disagree with, but I have to admit it's good, like how it shows humanity start to shine through the ants because they have memories sometimes or even just the general human nature in them and for some of them it makes them better like with yeah. cult yeah and... and some of them it makes them worse mm-hmm. um like that fucking burnt bird dude um it, it's, it's sometimes even good human traits make them worse like with poof yeah is, like poof is an idealist he yeah. is a, an extreme he is an optimistic idealist he yeah. believes in a future in a bright future for him and the king yeah and when the world doesn't live up to that, he can't handle He's it. He's also a romantic. He wants, yeah, he wants everything to be as rosy as it can be, and nothing ever is. But he refuses to let that go, and he and, will fight and ruin everything. To and get normally, that. that would be a positive trait. It is a positive trait when Gone does it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's go through a few of the uh, negatives for both, because that's we could talk good stuff all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, massive negative for One Piece. We've talked about many times, or I have the completely nonsensical should not exist is only there so that you know who's fighting who the power system uh-huh. that Chapapa introduces it's terrible there is literally no reason for it one of the biggest critiques of one piece is that you almost the minute you enter an arc you almost know exactly who's fighting who and while and his lobby tries to play around with it, ultimately it does end up going. And I exactly think it would be a better way of pl- remove the power system and the mixed matched fight scene works better. Because mm-hmm. you're not the minute that Usopp walks face to face with the second, third, third most powerful CP9 guy, you're like, that ain't gonna last. And sure enough, it doesn't last. He goes and fights uh-huh. someone else. That kind remove the power system and just let them all be scary CP9 guys, and that diversion or subversion works better. Mm-hmm. So that was that was I didn't I didn't want anything to do with that. Um, another negative I know you have is uh, the execution or the judge. 
yeah. There, there's some there's some useless characters that show yeah. up just to buy time, yeah. and this is not just an anime exclusive problem. That yeah. guy's in the manga as well. Yep, and it's not. The, I think what's even worse for it is that Oda doesn't really do that. He never really just throws time buying characters in your face. And in an arc as like massive and influential as this, it, it does it kind of a lot. It, it and I understand why because he wants. Uh, and his lobby to be a really big battle yeah. and there's a lot of characters moving so like you know Polly and the shipwrights who are not members of CP9 are, mm-hmm. and the Frankie family are also battling it out mm-hmm. and I get it you need someone for them to fight right. but they spend a lot of time on it yeah uh, another negative that I personally have and I think you were alluding to earlier the setup that the Frankie family was the villain not the strongest setup your, your turn of them was not that powerful because a they never actually are a threat they're only a threat to U- Usopp and that's because well that's a big it works thematically for why Usopp gets the shit kicked out of him but you never make them intimidating so when they end up helping well you don't like, okay. want you don't want to make them intimidating too because at the end the the show wants you to like Frankie well of course but you do the you you still manage the very first interaction of them is like a harbinger of of what's to come you're like Oh, it shows Frankie with the sh- the face like he's everyone in the town talks about how he's the real fuck up of the town and he doesn't play games. You show them obviously beat up Usopp and you're like, "Okay, this might be real." But in all honesty, you immediately undervalue that by having Zoro be like, "What are you doing on my boat?" and you're gone. <laughs> like so you know that they're never actually anything. And the Frankie-Luffy fight, as fun as it is, because they're getting, like, swarmed because the assassination, that is very fun. But again, doesn't really set the tone for, like, okay, Frankie's actually not something in this regard that I need to worry about. Mm. Okay, that's fine. I thought that could have been a little more... Frankie's introduction uh, as a character, I think, does a disservice to Frankie as a character. I think so, too. Especially because he becomes so pivotal. And they do a nice turn on it, though, when Usopp is explaining his story uh, and you get the side of Frankie where he's like, oh, I can't believe it. You're such an honorable man. And he's crying and he's like, the love you share with your crew and yada yada. That is a nice way to get us into who Frankie actually is. Right. But and yeah, the setup. Yeah, I, I love Frankie as a character. I think trying to set him up as a villain, but not too much of a villain. Like, yeah. obviously, if they'd had him go to be like a baby eating villain, it would be very hard to get people to like him <laughs> yeah, on board with too, him later. That's too far. I agree. Which, you know, Hunter Hunter literally does set up a character as a baby eating villain and then get you to like him later. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, um, but then, um, but. It, and so instead, they they make him not too bad, but they make him kind of a dirt bag, mm-hmm. and it's hard to get on board with him at the beginning because you're just like, well, this guy's a dirt bag, yeah, and he he's not once you get into what he, he's really all about. And that's what but... One Piece does. It makes it uses these, it uses flashbacks better than anything. And the Tom Iceberg, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's Frankie's real name? Um, uh, Cuddy Flam. Cuddy Flam. When you get their story, which is only a few episodes, it's not egregious. It's like two and a half. That's awesome. And then you become invested in who Frankie is. Yes. But the setup, it, you're right. It is, it's a disservice. It, yeah. It, what, what I'm saying is like when, when you meet other characters, when you meet most of the people that are introduced to eventually become Straw Hats, you're intrigued by them. And right. You're like, I want to know more about this. With Frankie, you're like, ah, this, this is dirt bag. Yeah, this is annoying. Um, and then once you finally get to know him, you're like, oh, yeah, I love Frankie. He's yeah. great. But 
My other, my final negative is one I've already said, so we're not going to talk on. I thought they overdid the timer thing, but you're right. It's yeah. necessary. I'm still going to be like, yeah. Okay. Anything you've got wrong with uh, Water 7? I think we covered it. Okay. Uh, Hunter Hunter, Chimera Ant. Uh, one of my big gripes with this is uh, as awesome as they are, every single fight scene was more... Well, we got to talk about the fight scenes in it. But I'm thinking I know, talking... so I'm, ju- I'm just talking about a, a plot negative, a story negative. Uh-huh. Every single fight scene in this in uh, in this thing, in terms of how these characters are are shown, and it does do a cool thing with trying to make this make sense. It is more obsessed with you knowing something new that one of these people can do that you haven't seen before, than making the fight more interesting. A couple examples uh, are are obviously the royal guards. They're always just showing off the next step of what they can do, mm-hmm. some random new power, and that's fine. Nen and the world of Nen is built around that. It wants you to constantly keep seeing how creative it can be. Um, but then there's things like I've complained to you when they're Kite, Gone, and Killua are in the cave. Killua shows off, he flips his switch, he calls it. Yep. He shows off a snake move with his arms that you've never seen before, never heard of before, and will never see or hear of again. Okay. That kind I, of stuff. I agree with you 100%, mm-hmm. but... But if you're going to level that criticism against Hunter Hunter, mm. we got to point it at One Piece 2 because that is literally every CP9 fight, but in favor of the Straw Hats. Especially, um, especially Zoro versus Kaku. Okay, Zoro versus Kaku is maybe the most, the most. He shows off uh, the well, Asura, like, nine, nine sword. Nine and, sword. Uh, that which actually, is cool. It's cool looking, but. That's one of the, so we only get to weigh this arc. Like, the fact that that doesn't disappear forever is why I don't think about it, but you're right. None, Inten- of, none of the things disappear forever. Right. Uh, like, I, I'm sure uh, right. Luffy's gears are introduced. Well, that's a Chopper's big deal. Chopper's monster thing is introduced. Right. The- but but here's where those things are a slightly different. They're an evolution of what we're, we've seen before and where it's headed. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a power progression for the character. In Hunter x Hunter, it's just another thing they can do. And it, it kind of happens for it happens very often in Hunter Hunter for characters that aren't going to be around. Right. It just wants you to see this thing for the sake of seeing it. Yeah. Here's a cool thing. Here's a cool thing. One piece is here's a crazy move. They're gonna need this. And it's it, you know it's showing the growth of the main characters. Right. So they, you're they right. really don't do it with the villains that yeah. much aside from again like Kaku and Khalifa get their powers. And in that's the because arc. yeah, they definitely... but they play it for they play it for laughs and it is funny. It so. is especially when he's the draft and he's like, "Haha, you're a stupid giraffe," and he's like, "I think they're cool." I've I've always liked giraffes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's funny as hell. Uh, but that's one thing I I, I don't love um, story wise is that. You never know where this character is going with their powers and if it's going to be brand new or if they're... Killua is it. Killua, you see a consistent progression of how he's learning and adapting and you're like, fuck, well, they mess with the yo-yos, but that's fine. You're like, you see where he's headed and why his power is evolving. Everyone else, it's just a new power. So uh, I don't think, though, that it's entirely... If we're going to criticize flipping the switch... We also have to criticize the the nine blade thing because to the point I'm at in yeah. Yeah, uh, you in, haven't seen it hasn't yeah. come back, and to the point I, the hunter hunters at we haven't seen the other thing come back. and maybe it does in the manga. I'm so. curious. Yeah, we gotta read more. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll call that one a wash on that. Okay, point. that's fair. That's fair. 
Uh, I've already uh, ha- I've said my issue with uh, the ants in terms of pacing, but I th- I think this is a fair criticism, even though it goes against something I've told DJ before. The types of ants that it wants to show you have no relevance on the world or how these ants evolve. It is just because he wanted to see how many different animals he could turn into villains. Yep. And yeah, I don't no, like that's... I don't personally like it. I think you can do that a lot of very cool ways. I think you can have a standard element that's not just a bug joint that slowly makes its th- way through the generations. Because all these people are born at different times, more or less. But... Um, and the only similarity is that most of them have a bug knee, and that's about it. But also to that point, I mean... Yes, it is 100% nakedly the reason why they're yeah, all that it's just, way. Yeah, it's it, just fun. You have an but, octopus that shoots fleas. Cool. You have a wrestling alligator. Cool. Why not? But that point also gets dangerously close to criticizing Superman for violating the square cube law. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's one of those where I'm like, and, and here's, and this, you know what? This is my formal complaint, and I've said this a million times, so I'm sorry you have to hear it again, but I haven't said it on the podcast. The show uh, is so over-the-top interested in explaining to you what it thinks is cool, and it's always cool. I'm Uh, not saying it's not. It's always cool. That when there's something in the world that you want explained, but he's not concerned with if you think it's cool or not, and it doesn't, you feel left out. Mm. And it does this with various little things, occasionally big things, where I'm like, wait a minute, we just spent literally 15 minutes learning about APR, which was a stall tactic, and it was awesome. Like I said, it's always awesome that you're just going to gloss over the fact that Poof can change his voice and face. That kind of thing where I'm like, Uh there's no consistency in the level of description and explanation. Hmm. It's whatever he wants to explain. It's not... It's a negative for me. I'll say that That's for fair. me. That's fair. But it doesn't have to be a negative for everyone else, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to contest that negative. Okay. I feel like, I feel like it's real. It's. I feel like it's minor, but it is. An, yeah. It is a point. Um, because the exact opposite of true is true of One Piece. It will always explain to you in almost the same level of detail, literally everything. And if it wants to go more in detail, it does it later. It gives you time to learn more about it naturally. It's not a one-stop explanation and move on and then forget about something else. Very rarely, it does, but very rarely does it gloss over something. I also do feel like, uh, in uh, on the other hand, it, it kind of feels like the opposite of it. Mm-hmm. Togashi is much more willing to pat himself on the back than Oda right. does he has a when Neil it comes Gaiman. to his explanation. Yeah, because as you said, let me show you, let me show you how the, how cool this is, and let me tell you why. Yeah. So like. Togashi has a ten- tendency to have the narrator take over and be like, so here's why what I've set up is very interesting. That's an important, not negative, but contrast, is storytelling style of a moment. And sometimes he deserves that pat on oh. the back, because he did oh. set up something legitimately oh, clever. Yeah. Like when Killua explains how he grabbed the dart, you're like, yeah, we sh- need to stop and take a good amount of time and have a narration of this. And One Piece does it sometimes, but way less. And and the this is where the contrast is, they do it differently. Hunter Hunter will stop the scene, whether it be slow-mo or literally stop, and explain it either through a character or through a narrator. Mm-hmm. One Piece is always told to you through the world, through the people. It is 100% of the time in conversation amongst everyone. And it, it feels natural because the world of One Piece is established that, like, you know, pirates 
They love to brag about yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, of course I'm going to tell you what I did. I'm fucking awesome. This is why I do it. <laughs> let me let me tell you why you're fucked because yeah. you because you're messed with my crew. And the ones who don't brag will explain it to you after because they're not worried about giving you the time to understand what they did. Luffy is very often that. He fights first and they go, "Luffy, how did you do that?" And he like when he fought Crocodile, well, I could tell that he's sand and water would hurt him so i knew to do that it's not going to do it in the fight but it's definitely going to do it at some point and allow you to learn with it Mm. both of them are awesome one hunter hunter builds you hype in the moment you're like holy shit that was fucking awesome and you're telling me why the other one builds intrigue and understanding to the world which is also awesome but less less in the moment um, but oda is more often willing to let you connect the dots yourself than uh togashi is yes uh to uh story complaints right we're still on story complaints uh for hunter hunter now yep um i will go down on this hill the rebirth scene of the king is fucking dumb remove that entire episode keep the story elements i'm totally fine with that especially with poof's panics maybe chill a little bit more on the christ imagery maybe chill on the christ imagery maybe chill on the suckling of the teat i didn't really want to see yuppie be that much of a baby it's fine that he was, because it makes sense, but I didn't really want to see that. Mm. But keep the lost memory. Keep everything about him rediscovering the stuff. Poof's freakout is one of the best villain moments in all of Hunter x Hunter, when he's like constantly trying to... Of course, it gives me the scene I hate of him unveiling his new power, but he's constantly trying to, from the top, direct the king to be the king he can be. That's awesome. Well, that, this... But remove that goddamn scene. If you don't have any more complaints, this actually leads really well into our next topic. So before we do that, yeah, uh, let me let's, think. Let's. I've already talked about pacing. <laughs> I've already talked about villains. I've already talked about explanations. I pretty much love the story of Chimera Ant. I love the king dealing with the game. That's all beautiful. I love the idea that they're basically in North Korea, so no one has to worry about whether they're there or not because they can just lie and pretend that they're the dictator. Um, I love all that. I love the story element that P2's N is really her biggest or their biggest strength, and that people don't want to go near it because their their N just reaches endless amounts, and everyone's scared of it. I love all that. So yeah, I think I'm good on complaints there. Um, oh no, I'm not. The fucking dirtbag guy, the accountant that's running the scene that they just give a pass through the whole show is not cool, Yosh. It's not cool. Wait, what? The guy who who uh, f- has sex with Palm. Oh, that guy. He's, he just gets away with he everything is, he did. Yeah, he's a terrible person. His his entire his entire usage in the arc makes sense don't get me wrong he's kind of trying to pull the strings and stay underground because the king needs him to do the little ba 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 but the fact that it's just let go is one of those things where i'm like that's not cool <laughs> that's not cool at all i, mean, I don't care if he gets a grizzly ending I, I later agree, i agree yeah i don't care if he gets a grizzly ending in the future i will be very satisfied then but now I, I agree that that character doesn't really get punished enough for how much of how sleazy he is. Yeah. Um, I do agree with that. I do think part of the point of like everyone not noticing that the, the king has taken over yeah. is more, it fits in the theme of yeah. like humanity kind of sucks because <laughs> no one notices the difference when this dictator is replaced with an actual monster. <laughs> yeah. A literal 
baby-eating, like, genocidal ruler. You mentioned that there was some dumb article that said that Kamugi being surprisingly okay with, <laughs> yeah. with the king being a mass murderer. And, like, no, that's kind of the point. Yeah, because if you if you don't see him, he's no different than yeah. the last guy. And in a lot of ways, he's better. Yeah, they call him a plot. They call that a plot hole. And I was like, no, that's no. not a plot hole at all. <laughs> that's the point. Yeah. Um, so that was all good stuff. Okay, so let's uh, wrap up. Story, where, do we, where do we put our point on story? Story versus story. I know this is going to be a cop-out, and I will own up to it if they're tied at the end. I'm going straight half and half. I'm going right down the center. I can't. That's a, ha- that's a half and half? I, I went into it wanting to hate Hunter Hunter and loving it more than I thought. I went into it holding Water 7 and Ennis Lobby on a pedestal that I've had to since taken it off of while I think more about it. So I'm going to put them both just boom. One half and half for me. Um, I have to give this one to Hunter Hunter. That's totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. The the way it works its themes throughout. Yeah. And the ending, which we didn't even talk about. Well, because that's in the ending, but we're gonna But do that's it. still part yeah. of the story. Yeah. yeah. Like the way the way Chimera Ant does its things and especially its work with I, I, like it's it's the way it weaves its themes throughout yeah. and the way it tackles its subject matter. And this is one of the best Oda is obsessed or Oda. Yosh is obsessed with the the subversion of expectations. The way the villain ends by literally getting cancer is one of the best endings ever to throw me off guard. I am 100... I I don't need... I got to see Netero versus King, which was the coolest fight in the history of fights. Um, I got to see that. I'm satisfied. I don't need to see Gone versus King. I don't need to see Killer versus King. I don't need to see whatever, whatever. Having them die by massive, rapid evolution that gave them a cancer from radiation, I'm good with. I loved it. I'm not good with... I'm great with. That's incredible. So I'm okay with story going to them. I'm gonna go half and half. Okay. So so in you in yours they are now tied. Yes. At, at one to one. Yeah. Or two and to two. On, on, or oh, one and a half to one. It's one and a half to one. Because this is point yeah, that's two. True. This is point two. One and a half um, to one. It, so and in my estimation, it's now uh, one and a half to Hunter and one to One Piece. Right. Uh, number three. And this one, I think we're gonna we're gonna separate on as well. Character utilization and introduction. Um, character utilization is damn near perfect for One Piece. Yes. Damn near. Everyone has something to do at all points in time, even characters you weren't expecting to be a part of it. The random golly law guy whose hair juts out and can even show up on you, he's actually an ongoing protagonist trying to help. He gets caught wrapped tied up in the end by guards, but like that whole time he's going. Yeah. Random shit like uh uh the scene which both of them do their massive mansion fight scenes incredible, but the I'm gonna give this one to One Piece as well. Everyone's fighting, they're crossing and overlapping, they're driving towards something, there's never someone lost, and it takes time to step out and learn about what's happening in the main ground. You're even getting time uh, to learn about, uh, well, that's at the end when you uh, find out what's happening in Water 7, Iceberg's being worked, the Frankie family's being worked, Kokoro becomes the savior of the crew. Like, everything is always being there. There's a lot of moving parts, and it does a great job of keeping track of all the moving parts. All the characters feel... The characters that are introduced, uh, I mean, characters are generally fairly simple in One mm-hmm. Piece. They're yeah. fairly straightforward. Yeah. And, you know, Water 7 does have its change-ups. The, there's a few characters that, you know, are Pauly. different than your first impression yeah. of what they are. Polly becomes a big swap, and I think he's used very well. Um, in terms of introduction, no one comes out of the blue. No. Everyone is introduced. 
And, yeah, a few characters aren't who you thought they were, like yep. the C- CP9 yep. guys. Galila. Uh, and Frankie. Spondum, it does a very nice introduction of first showing him as the fuckwad that killed Tom, and then showing him as the fuckwad that's dealing with Robin now, and you're like, okay. Spandum is the worst piece of shit, but <laughs> he's, he's so, a character that you love to hate, so he's, he, so he's a good character and a terrible person. Yeah, he, he he's a... He's a perfect villain. You're like, oh, they're not going to fight him, but god damn it, he's the... Oh, he's so bad. And he's funny. He's good comic relief as a villain, even though it's, you know, in, in a very different way. Um, everyone gets payoff. And the reason why I'm saying all of these things is that Hunter Hunter knows how to utilize characters in a fight, and that's about it. Mm. Not all of them. Obviously not all of them. People like Nov fucking awesome he's originally shown as this he gets terrified you think he's out nope he's still there awesome meryl introductions awesome fight scenes awesome the way he mentors and keeps everyone going shows that he's exhausted awesome other characters like colt not so awesome yeah some characters some characters some characters bisky not so awesome they just kind of lose track of them uh... knuckle and shoe almost perfect not awesome. All of the ecologists who get introduced and then basically just explain the chimera ants and yeah. then disappear. And, and why aren't they a bigger part? The, their leader's dead. And obviously Gaunt's teared up about it. They, why are they just not a yeah, part? Yeah, we never actually see how they feel about it. Like, no? You could you could have probably had like a really effective scene where they're like pissed off. that Five minutes, ten minutes of Gaunt being like, obviously, when Gaunt was very sad. Remember when they bring... Yep. When, when Kite's body is shown up and he's like, that's his turning point, right? But the ecologists are not there. No, they're not there. and when Because they're, they're just out of the plot now. And when you finally see them again, it's never, it's just okay. And that's, again, it's not a bad thing. But in they, terms they, they of They go like, back to hanging out with Kite because, you know, after the arc, Kite lived somehow. It's, 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 it's a very anime thing. It's not bad. Yeah. I don't think it undercuts the impact of his death because... No. When he goes on living in a as, in a very different state than he was before. It's definitely and they an actually explain thing. it in the Chimera Ant arc. I will say it's kind of bad. The election arc clears it right up and makes it good because Jing actually says, "Oh, he must have used a condition that he or no 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 his weapon his entire thing is built around if he draws this." He's not going to die or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's got an emergency uh, yeah, plan part- built into his power. So the election arc makes it good. But in the Chimera Ant arc, how he is a full human baby, and also it's the very last baby, even though he definitely wasn't the last human eaten. Uh, yeah, but anyways, um, point is, we can just uh, we can prescribe that to a Nen soul just popping its way in at the end. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um. But character utilization is very good in very in a lot of different ways. They use Ecolgo very well. They use Maleron very well. Um, they use at towards the end of it, which is actually a negative for me, the way it's used. But whatever, uh, Bravado and Wolfen, they're used very very well. Granted, it took way too long to give them it, give them to us. Um. So yeah, I, I'll say that what the point is here is that One Piece uses every part of the the character writing Buffalo mm. and Hunter Hunter does not. Yeah. It wants the flame and yawn. It's moving on when, but when it comes to the characters, it does want to focus on yeah. Hunter Hunter does an amazing oh. job. Unequivocally. Um, that's why I keep talking about always. Why does no one like poof? Poof yeah. is one of the best written characters yeah, can, in the entire world. really gush about how good poof is. Yeah, he is one of the most fleshed out and well-written characters in this whole arc. I would say that poof 
in terms of how it's utilized, is kind of the equivalent of Spandom in Water 7. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fun to think about, but that's fair. Um, he's, he's also by far the most important... Well, he's the most influential royal guard. Uh-huh. I'll say that. Not important because P2, with her healing ability and all that, is obviously like... And P2 kind of serves as the goal for Gon throughout the yeah. entire arc. But, no, you're right. Poof is way more interesting yeah. than the other royal guards. Everything he part. tries to do, his power is very cool, like being able to turn into little hymns. It's annoying, but it's very cool, and he can, like... Uh, what's the power where he can feel thoughts around him? The, uh, his... Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but... It is exactly perfect for how Nen works. You know, it's a part of you, and it's in, you know it's very assigned to how you are. It's, it's based perfect. On a, it's based on an actual insect thing, too, an actual oh. ant thing. They, they use chemical signals that right. they can communicate with each other, yeah. and his power is basically a magical extension of that. Yeah, and all he wants is king to be the best possible king, even if it means dying because the king's upset with his words. He's like, no, I'm going to get it across what I know you can be. And where it really fucks him up is when the king isn't that. Yes. And when the king has no intention of being that. He doesn't want to be that, and Poof can't understand that. Yeah, even at the very end, right before he dies, he's like, I lied to you a lot. I tried to control you a lot. That is not what a servant should do. Kill me. And he's like, no, you were loyal to me. I no, won't kill you, you. you. You did what you thought was right. Yeah. And it, it, it ends up being really tragic because, yeah. like, it's not, it's, he just doesn't understand that the king, even the king, yeah. wants what's best for Poof in the end and yeah. Poof can't get that. Yeah. And then he, he, he goes out like that. Like, he has, that's the, like, he has to die never understanding what he did wrong with what he thought was, you mm-hmm. know, where. So I do think he's very good. Um, and I also think, while I treat it as a negative, Yosh is a goddamn master at making it happen. Characters that either should have had more or deserve more take full advantage of the time you have with them. And the example of that is Yuppie. Mm-hmm. Yuppie is a nobody muscle character for 45 episodes. It's not until the last 10 to 15 where he finally gets to be something. And it is... But- Awesome, and that's kind of the point of him too. Yeah, that, that he never really thought about it, and when he finally does, he's like, "Oh yeah, I, Fuck, this, I gotta." Uh, this is way better than what yeah. I was doing before. You mean controlling my emotions will make me stronger? On it, and 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 that's awesome. Um, and I think that that evolution of him is very good. It's just that it's like, wow, it took us a long way to get here. Like it, <laughs> it took some time to get here because we were focusing on characters um, like Shoot. Shoot should have been. Shoot should have been a mainstay with dialogue, with progression, with evolution. His ending is incredible. He's a, it, it introduces him as a scaredy cat. He's terrified of everything, but his power is pretty cool. And then when he finally gets to fight, he gets the quick moment of like, oh, when my back against the walls when I'm the strongest. So even though he has one leg and he's flying around on his hand, this is when I can really finally be who I need to be in order to save myself and the people around me. And we never hear from him again. That is the yeah, end it, it, of Shoot. It is really sad that Shoot just disappears. And Knuckles kind of the same. Knuckle, but we get more of Knuckle because Knuckles awesome. I think we can both agree. Knuckles kind of Knuckles fucking great. great. <laughs> Knuckles great. Um, but his ending is he's gone and we don't need to worry about him anymore even though he was just about to do everything he could to fight till the end. Um... This is also kind of an extension of Hunter Hunter's characters. Yeah. Um, 
the acting in Hunter Hunter, they have some very complex scenes to deliver. Yeah. And across the board, especially with the more complex characters like Poof and Meruem and, mm-hmm. and then re- reoccurring characters that are set up in previous arcs like Netero and Gon and Killua, mm-hmm. the acting across the board is amazing. It's very, like, very good. All their big scenes, they nail it. All of right. And, and not to say that One Piece's acting is bad. No, it's it's no. very fun. But the material that they have to work with is not quite as complex. Right. They basically just have to be anime hype beasts right. at all time. In, in Robin, uh, I would say, is the standout performance right. in that uh, in that particular arc because of Robin and Usopp both have some very, Usopp's very good, good and yeah. interesting moments. Especially between his being Soga King and then revealing who he is and yada yada, all that. I, I think that Usopp's voice actor, just in general, is one of the best yeah. in the show. He, At, does, he nails his character really <laughs> yeah, well. He, does. he seems like he's having a lot of fun with the fun scenes, yeah. and he does the dramatic scenes really well, too. Yeah. I know some people complain about how Usopp's like the, the Yell. shrill yelling guy, yeah. but... He has to be. That's who he is. Eh. Um, in One Piece, up to this point, the world is the complex part, and the characters are just going and doing their thing to get there. In Hunter x Hunter, in, at this point, we're not super into the world at the moment, and the characters are the one experiencing everything. So yeah, I agree with that fullheartedly. And, uh, the characters that are introduced in the arc have an amazing depth. The king is an amazingly complex character, yeah. and he is... He is great to it is great to see his journey through the arc. Yeah. The characters that are introduced before. Gon and Killua, amazing complex characters. Yeah. Although I will say, in terms of character utilization, Killua is underused in the Chimera Dark. He's a little underused. Yeah. He still has some big moments. He has big moments of where he's literally he's subjugated to I have to uh, keep an eye on. That's his whole role. And he does some cool stuff. Godspeed? I mean, I've gushed about Godspeed enough. I've gushed about his powers enough. Um, the the and he, moment where Killua has the opportunity to talk Gone down mm-hmm. from going over off the deep end mm-hmm. and fails to do so mm-hmm. because he's afraid of how Gone would react if Towards he contradicted him. him. Yeah. Is a very, very good moment oh. for Killua. It's a very human moment for him where he's just like, I know that I should talk him down, but. He is my best friend. I care about him so much. Yeah. I'm afraid to say what needs to be said because I'm afraid that it'll make him hate me. He'll resent it's, me. Yeah. And it ends up being the wrong decision and it has tragic results. It's very good. It is yeah. chef's kiss. So. It's, I, I will never deny, because the biggest credit I give one uh, Hunter Hunter across the board is that what you're seeing is always important. Mm. He will not show you something that does not have this massive weight and gravitas to it. He won't. You're going to see something that matters. And I will not take that from, from him. But the fact that Killua is, A, one of the most lethal members of the crew, especially now that he's removed the pin, which is kind of an afterthought after it's done. It's never really brought up again until the next arc. Um, the fact that he never actually gets to either, A, help the fighting crew, or B, help gone. He is literally relegated to, you didn't affect the outcome of anything here today. I mean, I would say even Gon himself is a little underutilized in the I arc. was going to say that until I think of how he held P2 in that room for so long. Yes. So uh, what I, he know, does, what he contributes to the fight is very important. Yeah. It's true. And he has great character moments alongside Killua. Yeah. But the arc kind of isn't about Gon and Killua yeah, in, no, in a way. It, it kind all. of peels back uh, to really... It's not about Gon. I will not say it's not about Killua. Killua gets a lot of development that is underutilized. Mm. Like I said, removing that thing is a huge step forward. Re- uh, uh, realizing how powerful his Nenin is a huge step forward. Making steps for friendship and the world, which he normally wouldn't care about, is a huge step forward. But to never pay any of them off... 
They have yeah. a, a, a severe lack of payoff in Killua. The, the, the first, the first, until the next arc. The first half of the arc is about the growth of Gon and Killua. Yeah. But once the king is on the field, the arc is about the king. Yes. And that's not a bad thing no. because the king yeah. is a very interesting character. Yes. Not a bad thing at all. Um. So in terms of let, let's 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 get through this point. So in terms of character utilization, uh, and introductions, my point goes to One Piece. In terms of how it utilizes its characters, yeah. One Piece is the clear winner. Yeah. But when when Hunter Hunter is on, yeah, it is on. Yeah, um, it's like One Piece has specifically the Robin and then the Luffy and Usopp moments. Those are their two shine character uh, moments. Hunter Hunter has a Gone moment, a Netero moment, like three King moments, a Poof moment. You know what I mean? So I agree that when it's on, it's hitting it, but it's inconsistent. This is a this is a hard one for me to give a definitive yeah. point on, and I kind of don't want to half and half. Cause I, it's, it's up to you. I already used my cop out, so if you want to use your cop out here of half and half, I'm not going to hold it against I'll you. I'll use my cop out here of half okay. and half because okay. when what 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 Hunter Hunter wants to focus in on with characters, mm-hmm. it does so well. Yeah, and I this, not to diminish how impressive of a feat is for One Piece to juggle as many characters as it does and make them yeah. matter. Yeah, but. Like, just the character exploration of these very fascinating characters, I mm-hmm. find, gives uh, Hunter Hunter the edge here. Yeah. All right, so, so I'm up to two and a I'm half, a, one piece. I, I think I'm actually going to, I, I'm going to give that point solidly to Hunter Hunter on here. Okay. I'm up to two and a half, one piece, and one Hunter Hunter. Mm-hmm. And you're at, I don't remember. I'm going to keep track of myself uh, here. One, one, one for one piece, uh, two and a half for Hunter Hunter. Yeah, yep. yeah, that sounds right. Uh, for now, this one I think is also going to be split. I don't think we're going to agree on this one. Uh, action uh, regard- regarding choreography, obviously, fight elements, and power evolutions. Okay. Um, I think this one's going to be pretty quick. I don't have it. We've talked about a lot of the yeah, big it, fight we've things. We've covered a lot of the. It. Um, so let's just do it in uh, the two parts that it is. Choreography. I am actually going to give it to One Piece, and here's why. So, Hunter Hunter's individual fights are fucking insane. It is so goddamn cool what these characters are able to think up and pull off. But, to that length, I am always waiting for what... And Mel, and, and Meryl says it, in a fight, in a fight using Nen specifically, it doesn't matter who's stronger and who's weaker, it's who believes they can win that's it. so that's why people who say one piece is about willpower go fuck yourself hunter hunter is about who's smarter it's literally the same thing so in hunter hunter the individual fight scenes are absolutely awesome when killua flips his switch and does his shit when he goes godspeed when yuppie explodes when uh p2 does anything p2 does ever all that shit is very cool but in one piece um not only are the massive scale action fight scenes better thinking the big fight in water seven where they're trying to run away and they're stuck in the buildings and the explosion at the house and or or when uh golly law and frankie are trying to fight luffy the train sequence all that kind of grandiose the choreography is never 1v1 in one piece okay 
I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a a soft degree on this point, but I want to clarify what it is we're exactly getting to when we talk about the choreography. Okay. Okay. Because what it sounds like you're talking about is not the actual choreography in a fight, but how the fight exists in the world. And I'm gonna go in half. That, yeah. I definitely that's what I'm going on more. In that regard. Yeah. One Piece definitely does have an advantage because fights in One Piece have a very real sense of presence within the environment yeah. and how they are affecting the environment. It, mm. you, it, I mean, sometimes it does pull the trick where it feels like One Piece goes into an environment that is very clearly set up <laughs> to be utilized. This is in the a better fight. spot for this fight. This Let's is, put it here. This is the fight, like the garden room in it. <coughs> oh, don't die. Oh, sorry. we got to finish the podcast. I can't lose you. Cut that out. <laughs> the uh, the the garden room in Eni's lobby feels like it very clearly exists because they wanted to have a fight utilizing elements of that room. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, that is always very fun. But even but even then, like th- there is a real sense of presence. The, like fights are taking place in a physical space. Yeah, they're moving throughout that. Mm-hmm. Everything is kept track of impeccably well. Mm-hmm. In that regard, One Piece definitely has it because in Hunter Hunter fights kind of take place in a vacuum. Yeah, they are where they are. And when it comes to uh, the final fight scene, uh, uh, mansion uh, for Hunter Hunter and the uh, Tower of Power, whatever the hell they call, I can't remember what they call uh, the something. Oh shit! Right in front of the Gates of Justice, that building. It's like has the a, bridge of something. Y- yeah. No, the bridge goes to the Gates of Justice, but the building is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I think that that fight scene, even though I kind of hate the the power system thing. I think that fight scene is almost perfect. The way they're interweaving through each other, you see new power moves like uh, uh, Sanji shows off his flaming Diablo kick after he's finally got there. That fight is probably the best in terms of actual like in-fight choreography. Yeah, that it? one, or and it's not as actiony of a fight, but the choreography of the Nami fight, where she's using her different tempos and she's fighting against the Soap Lady Khalifa. That was also done very smoothly. That is happening in a very believable timeline it's it's going very steadily um hunt and and don't get me wrong though i was about to criticize hunter hunter for doing the instant fight stuff nope definitely guilty of that especially when you have a swordsman on your team with zoro um where a lot of the fight scene is just ching and then they're standing across from each other oh there's a lot of animation saving yeah um and that's definitely there to the point of in-fight choreography though Mm. Uh, or in terms of like how they choose to depict fights visually, mm. you can't ignore yeah. the King versus Netero fight. No, there is almost, I'm not even going to say just that one, there is almost nothing better at straight up fighting than Hunter Hunter. Mm. Hisoka versus anyone is goddamn flawless. I know we're talking Chimera, but whatever. Uh, Karapika versus Uvo, flawless. Netero King, I is one of the my favorite things I've ever seen in the history of anime. The animation in that fight, just in general, is, is incredible. Gorgeous animation. Like, we're we're they're getting like to movie quality animation. Yeah, on, yeah. On that one I think you fight. said while watching it. I think we found the budget for this arc. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, Ikalgo uh, introduction slash uh, what leads into the. Uh, like uh, if I'm a Killua fight, that was all pretty cool. Like it never lets you down in that regard. Um, but for every time it happens in Water Seven and its lobby, there's only like two or three in the entirety of Chimera Ant that stand out. There's a lot in Hunter Hunter, but in the Chimera Ant arc specifically, there's only like two or three big fight scenes that actually do that. And I would say they are 
Netero versus uh, uh, Netero versus King Marilyn. Uh, Gone versus Knuckle when they're doing the APR stuff. Yeah. That was actually a very, very good, well set up fight. And then, uh, even though you don't see the climax of it, right? Even though it ends up, but that's fine because you're you're really rolling with it. <laughs> and then, uh, pulling my leg. I guess the next most impressive would be maybe like Yuppie as he starts to evolve and everyone show off. Fighting his, yeah, every, everyone versus um, Yuppie, maybe. When it comes to doing fights, one thing that. Uh, at least within the arc, Hunter Hunter is definitely better at than One Piece. Is having people fight as a team. Having people fight as a team, yes, yes, I agree with that. Like they even uh, when they first fight Knuckle, they do a really good. They yeah. do some really good fight choreography with Gon and Killua rushing him at the same time. I think you pointed it out. The first time you get that in One Piece is Thriller Bark. That's like the first yes. time you get the team quality team fight. Yeah, there's like a little bit of a joke about it in Water 7 where uh, Zoro uses Usopp as a sword. <laughs> that was actually just, fucking awesome. Don't it, you it is awesome. It is hilarious, <laughs> but it is not really a fight scene. Not at all. He's like, he's like, well, we'll have to cut off our hands. And he goes to cut off Usopp's hands. And he's like, you can't do that. Uh, the Yuppie funny. fight has people like combining their powers in yep. creative ways. And... Yep. It, but, but aside from those three, is there really another standout fight? There's um, lots of fights, but is there another standout? It is. It, it's tiny. Uh-huh. It's a very small fight, okay. but I want to give this one credit to the very first fight where Gon and Killua fight Ramot. That is very cool. Because it has Killua using his powers to effectively zone out Ramot so that Gon can land his very slow but very powerful attack yeah, on him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know what? That's 100% accurate. That's awesome fight. It is short. It's like a couple minutes. At yep. most, it's it's very one-off. Um, it's fast, it's punchy, and it gets the job done, yep. and it does it very effectively, and I have to give it credit for that. And we will zoom through this one because you know where my point is going already. Power Evolution, it goes to One Piece. Everyone gets very reasonable, tangible upgrades besides Zoro, but you know you're where we are. Um, all of them feel necessary, Luffy especially, especially when he explains why he had to do it. Um Everyone comes with who they are. Uh, Choppers is something that has been foreshadowed multiple times, mm-hmm. so that's all very good. Frankie, you don't know much about, but he's a cyborg. He has invincible Frankie mode where he just lays on his back. He has centaur with the front legs. It feels more natural in One Piece. I, it's I, it's I, not so bad, I though. agree with that. I mm-hmm. agree with that, and it does it way more often, and it hits way more often, mm-hmm. but Hunter Hunter does it twice really well mm-hmm. which is godspeed mode godspeed so good it's so good uh-huh and uh gone super mode which is played very different than every other anime power-up yeah. scene gone super mode is pretty incredible um i will give uh the chimera ants as a whole an honorable mention because they're learning as they're going and just trying to make stuff work and sometimes it doesn't and, which is fun and sometimes it doesn't work which is great and other times it's like hubris that gets them killed like leol when he dies mm-hmm. there's lots of different parts to that that is all very fun but in one piece it is very intentional deliberate foreshadowed and purposeful for the future in Hunter Hunter, it's aside from um, Kill One Gone, which I agree with fully. In Hunter Hunter, it's very in the moment. I need something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's now, not a bad. Thing. I, I I I do. I will say this as far as power utilization goes. I really, 
you brought this up as a criticism early on, which uh-huh. is like how the ants are immediately super good at Nen. Oh, and okay. I, I had that same criticism yeah. too until the arc showed me how the ants utilize Nen, yeah. and they are bad at it. Yeah, and they're not smart with it. They're they just they like... have a lot of. They are the illustration of the show's thing that potential is not everything, yeah. as Moral said, because yeah. the ants do have incredible Nen potential. And almost to a man, they are terrible at using it. Yeah, they just botch it every time. They're like, I'll just do what I can with it because I know it's this thing. Boom. They're wielding Nen as a hammer. And sometimes that works because yeah. it is a big-ass hammer. Yeah. But whenever an ant fights someone who actually knows what they're doing with yeah. Nen, that person runs circles around them by being clever. Right. That's really good. That is fun. Although I will die on this hill, and I don't want to talk about it, but I'm saying it for the podcast. The way they get Nen is fucking bullshit. You're not just going to punch someone with a Nen punch and call it a day. That's it. We're moving on. It's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not positing that as an honest criticism because I know that there's an explanation around it. I just refuse to step down. Okay. Uh, So, power evolution and choreography, I'm going one piece. Okay, uh, in the ter- in terms of how the action is handled in general, though, mm-hmm. you're also going to give it to One Piece because of those points? Well, so I can't use a cop-out again. Because, like I said... No, you can't. That Netero fight almost undoes everything I care about in One Piece. That Netero fight is better than anything I've ever seen in One Piece. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, how many different times fights are important and how many times characters need to evolve a power or get strong... It's, tr- it's, it's evolving power in Hunter x Hunter... It's getting stronger in One Piece. It's very different. And in terms of how it does that in a natural feel, I, I gotta go with One Piece. Not to mention that the, the, the town-wide fights are just almost flawless. And, uh, again, I think I'm gonna have to go with Hunter Hunter on this. Mm. And you make a very good point when you're explaining it. I think what we're really starting to see as mm. we talk through this Hunter Hunter is a series with high highs and low lows. Yeah. And I can't disagree that the lows are low. Mm-hmm. And you can't disagree that the highs are high. I, yeah, I love it. But where, where we're starting to differ on this is, is our average. That, <laughs> is that, yeah, One Piece has a better average, and you value the fact that on average, One yeah. Piece I want consistency. keeps it higher. Yeah. And I value the fact that when Hunter Hunter wants to hit, it yeah. hits hard. Yeah. Uh, and then number five is resolution, payoff, and send-off. This one's going to be really hard. Mm. This one's going to be almost impossible for me. Because uh, the ending to Hunter x Hunter is goddamn heartbreaking. It is flawlessly done to show the evolution of Meruem and the fact that we will only call him Meruem now because we're at the end. Mm-hmm. It shows that their downfall was their selves. It shows, I mean, obviously everyone loves and talks about, I'm actually not in love with it, but I think it's masterful. The gone thing, you can't get around what that means and what that implies for that character and what it's going to do to him in the Mm -hmm. future is ridiculous. But it ends on one episode that is fucking terrible. It is a bad anime send-off. It's a bad so, arc send-off. It's a bad wrap-up. I do I do agree. Not, the, not the King's ending, because that's the episode no, before. No, no. Yep, yep, yeah. exactly. It, yeah. They should have cut it there. That's the end of your arc. That episode, the King goes out dying on the ground with uh, her, and everyone's sobbing and crying so, to themselves. End the show. So We're done. This is where... So the equivalent of that mm-hmm. in, in Water 7 would be the funeral for the going Mary. Yeah. Which is an extremely good, emotionally hard-hitting scene as yeah. well. Yeah. And then after that, the the equivalent... 
the problem is that Hunter Hunter crams what would be the equivalent of all of Post Denny's Lobby into one episode. Yeah. And Post Denny's Lobby is like 15 episodes in, in one uh, piece. I will pull it up. With I have it. a you lot of... what it is, it, it is both establishing what comes next and giving a loving send-off to... Um, 13 episodes. Thir- Plus some filler. And again, if we're if we're talking about the filler, I think the filler works in favor of Post Denny's Lobby. Not against it. Yes, yes. It does the fun thing with Zoro and Sanji and everyone jumping around the town helping yeah, the Sanji family. gets a fun filler arc. The Luffy actually gets a kind of really sad filler arc episode. Where I don't remember his. So he helps a little girl find a lost Yagra who is right. very old and was lost in the Aqua Laguna. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that like the Yagra was... You know, it, it it was super old. It found like a baby Yagra in the in the sewer that would have gotten like washed away and it mm-hmm. died protecting it. Right. And it gets like a really touching scene where like the the girl like sees like the ghost of the Yagra leads her leads her to the baby and it's like she takes the baby in and it, it there's like a tearful goodbye because like this this old Yagra has been like it's like a hundred years old and she grew up with it and it's like yeah the sting of losing a family it, it's like Fry's dog all over again <laughs> yeah it's a really really good episode and it's yeah. really touching and yeah. it explore it, it lets you just ruminate on Water Seven as a location and the impact that. Luffy and the Straw Hats had on it, and I think the, uh, it's well done. I think that saying that they crammed it in One Despair as well, because One Piece is setting up the future. It's going to show you what's happening with Blackbeard and Ace. It's going to show you who Monkey D. Garp is and what his connection to Luffy is, his grandfather. It's going to tell you who his father is, Monkey D. Dragon, the revolutionary leader. It's going to get us our new ship. It's going to get us our new crewmate, yada, yada, yada. It, this is where One Piece's slow pacing works to its advantage right. really well. And Hunter Hunter technically is doing a very similar thing. It's going to tell you what's going on with Gone. It's going to tell you what's going on with the Hunter Association, something we should have learned about by now that we haven't. It's going to tell us what's going on with the remaining Chimera Ants that it spends half of the episode on giving us. It's going to tell us what's going on with the characters that we were concerned about. Oh, wait, no, it's not. And then it's going to tell us where it's going, but it gives us one sentence. Yes. So, um... It, it, for for and it didn't have to do it like that. I'm wondering why. I'm wondering if there was like a planned hiatus and they just didn't want to drag this out and they were like, "Well, we're gonna wait." I don't know what the timeline between that and the election arc is, or or in the manga or the anime. I don't know. I don't know what the timeline was like there. But I mean, th- I could see to its point. You know, this arc had been like an almost ten year forever arc. I yeah. could see just wanting to wrap up and yeah. move on to the next thing. Especially when you end on such a heavy ending, like such a such a high note. You walk out with this really intense emotional ending. I can see you being like, We don't want to drag people on. And Let's then you follow it. it up with an episode that's purely functional and yeah. that's fine, but one piece doesn't seem to see post any's lobby. As a purely function, when you hear post any's lobby, that's what you think of. Okay, here's the purely functional transition yeah. to the next arc, and the the epilogue to that. And it is that, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's a formality. Hunter yeah. Hunter feels like it's a formality that it's getting out of the way. Yeah. One Piece feels like it loves its time with it. Yeah, it's 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 doing it for the sake of the story. And here's I wrote down a bunch of these things. So first off, what happened with you? What happened with Knuckle? What uh-huh. happened with uh, Meleron? What happened with Ecalgo? Uh, 
what happened with the alligator guy we see swimming off, never to be seen again? He just disappears he from just, the plot. He just disappears. Why are we spending an entire half an episode watching Bravado and Wolfen head off to find Gyro? This is a character you did set up pretty big at the end of Chimera Ant by having Wolfen... Actually, the fact that Wolfen find, remembers his human self is a massive important plot point to the entire thing that ends with Meruem. Mm -hmm. He's the one who tells him, hey, remember... Uh, uh, What's her name? Uh, uh, the girl who plays the game that Marilyn loves. Kamugi. Kamugi. Remember Kamugi? Like, all that shit. He's very important. But you're telling me finding out about what he's doing is worth 10 minutes versus all the other very, very important characters you hammered on me? What happened with Palm? What happened with Nove? Like, all those things are just tossed out the window so that we know, A, I've already complained what these stupid ants and the pedophile are up to, and B, gone sick. <laughs> all right that sucks and, and the, the rest does it doesn't so much feel like they didn't want to give it an ending but that they didn't have time for right it to give it an ending and... but i'm not hey i don't get to work in the exact office and know that all i know is that i just got done watching one of the greatest arcs i've ever seen in my life and that's what you gave me mm. that's all i know and i'm not happy about it mm. but uh i wrote out a few other things uh colt was disrespected in this arc yeah, he's in terms kind of... in terms of how important you're gonna make a character for me, we're gonna harp on the. F he's the first one that shows you their human side is capable of breaking through, a constant th tr trend, a theme of the ants. You're gonna show us him and make it a big deal that he's like the one that's gonna kind of start this, and literally just write him off. Yeah, and this gets back to the complaint of Togashi will just make a character disappear when, yeah. when it's convenient for them to disappear. And, and I disagree that there's not a better way to do it. I think there is yeah, many. No, no, I, I do yeah. kind of I do agree with that. Um, I think while the while the ending scene with the king mm -hmm. is amazing, it yeah. is a masterful scene. I would it go so far as to say flawless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was uh, Palm talking to him, him explaining like I'm no king. I'm dying, and I just want to be with the one I love. Like, you're like, oh, no, but you're so great. Oh. You don't know how to feel about it, because King is this monster god. Well, not anymore. Mm. Oh, it's great. It, it's super well done, but that's not where the arc ends. Right. I think I'm, I'm in actually full agreement with you yeah. on this one. This point has to go to One Piece. Yeah. Um, and, and that's to say... Uh, not as much of a negative, because we've already explained how we feel about the actual ending of Chimera... But post Ennis Lobby is is it wraps up. And it's something Oda does. It's something he's very, very famous for doing. Every art, the transition, which is why they got the point for setup, the transition to and from is almost always the best part of an arc. Mm -hmm. Both the one that comes and the one that goes. You you really feel we're headed to Fishman Island. We're so excited about going to Fishman Island. Are we gonna make it there? Well, you'll see. But his ability to do that, give us big plot points, give us big character reveals, give us big things, but make it feel like resolution and feel like excitement for the forward. It's great. It's great. Uh, I'm just going to talk about a few notes I gave up. Or I wrote, oh, so you're at two points for One Piece, two and a half for Hunter Hunter. Oh, no, you flipped. Three you're and a half. One and a half for One Piece and three for Hunter Hunter. No, no, I'm at two and a half. Uh, wait, wait. Does this add up? Because you undid, you undid your half and half, so someone. Yeah. No, it's it's it's. Uh, so I gave Hunter Hunter the plot and the you gave character plot characters and action and action. So they're at three and a half. So I'm at three and a half because oh. then the technical point yeah. and then one piece I gave setup and, and set so, off. So it's three two. and a half to two and a half right. or to two. And I gave I'm at four and one. 
or three and a half and one. I'm at three and a half and one. Which, if I want to undo my cop out for character utilization introduction, um, or no, wait, story. Story is the story. cop out one. Um, I don't think I'm ready to give that one up yet. Mm. So I'm not ready to fall on that. Uh, here's a couple things I wrote down that I just wanted to uh, talk about quickly. For in regards to Hunter Hunter, we've talked about One Piece. I've talked about One Piece on this podcast. You don't need to know how I feel about Water Seven, um, and the things I hate and the things I love. I want to know what the hell Kamugi's or Kamugi's infinite potential is. Mm. That is something that's never talked about. It's it's shown. She gets her. She has an aura when she's playing specifically when she's in a high stress match, and Poof and P two are talking about it, and they claim that she has infinite potential, which I guess we're just assuming is at the game. Probably. Probably. But here, here's the here's the point of it. Because yeah. the whole point of her infinite potential mm. is that it's what really starts the turnaround in King. Yeah. The fact that we don't get to see her infinite potential realize the fact that it is cut short is kind of the point. Yeah, yeah. And it's fine because just like his life is cut short and just like their never-ending match is never going to happen. It's all fine, but I'm like, huh, that was pretty neat. Uh, stop telling me what the right call was. Yeah. So you that, that goes back to uh, Togashi petting him, uh, yeah. patting himself on the back. A you can too much. tell me why a character did what they did. You don't need to have them do a hip hop rapper style call out. I'm the best in the world. That was the right call. <laughs> I don't need that. Please stop. It's fine. Please stop. Uh, I wrote down. Uh, oh, we never got to talk about the troop. Well, we talked about it in Hunter Hunter, but you know. That was part of the story, and I think yep. it was a very good part of the story because it shows you what happens when ill-prepared chimera ants show up where they shouldn't. I think that's important. That, that is another extension of the chimera ants getting beaten over the trying to use Nen as a hammer yeah. and getting beaten by someone who actually knows what they're doing. Uh, so I am totally fine with that. Um, I've already talked about this, but I did write down that Hunter Hunter suffers from the Watchmen problem, which is your author is smarter than your characters are. That's fine. We're not going to hammer on that anymore. It's not a, it's not a huge negative, so it's fine. Uh, pedo changing po- Oh, poof changing powers way too late. Talked about that. That's fine. Um, Oh, and then I, w- I was upset with pacing. Most of this is like, why isn't this become a thing yet? I wrote about like Red Royal Guard is getting uh, nothing so far. I wrote that UP. We yeah. were already 40 episodes in, and I was like, what's going on, man? And again, that's kind of the point, but still. Yep. Uh, uh, Wolf just becomes an insta main character out of the blue. Just mm. no setup. He's just all of a sudden a main character, and you're like, okay, cool, moving on. It, it's nothing that's bad. It's just that while you're watching it, it, it takes a minute for you to be like, hold on, where are we? What are what are? I kept asking, what are we doing? And when it was over, I very obviously realized what we were doing the whole time. But the experience of going through it, you're just like, where is this headed? And it's not bad. It's just interesting. It's just it's just a, a weird mm. way to do it. Um, so are you going to use your points in your official? Uh, so now let's, let's make our claim. What was not better show? What was the better arc? Anime yep. arc. Water 7, Chimera Ant. I am going to stick with my points. Okay. I feel like I have to. Yeah, I don't blame you. Chimera Ant is very narrowly the better arc. Yeah. And the reason for that overall is that the high highs mm-hmm. make up for the low lows. I am going to say... Contrary to my points that I think that Chimera Ant is the better arc for two big reasons. One, it exists in a vacuum much better. And that's because it is in a fucking vacuum, which is why <laughs> Hunter x Hunter is an overrated anime. But 
It is a much Hunter better... Hunter is not super interested in world building, except in the confines of the Chimera Ant and the election arc. Okay. You know when it's interested in world building? When he finally feels like he's interested in world building. Yes. Hunter uh... Hunter is the epitome of, I can write what I want when I want. Sure. Yeah, you can. And that's why Chimera Ant arc is probably a better arc, because for what it is, what it exists in, and locked into its base... And if I'm not thinking about my favorite stuff from Hunter Hunter, you're like, holy shit, this is incredible. It has its falls that I have problems with, but I also am going to give it the better arc for one massive reason, and I know that I rally against this a lot. It's more accessible. If you're a One Piece fan, Water 7's a better arc. You are. But if you're not, and if you just like anime, watch Chimera Ant arc. <laughs> watch it. It's, you're going to have a better time. Um, uh I, I think I made it obvious that's painful for me to say because I am the One Piece fan, and I do actually believe mm-hmm. that I, I got more personally from Water 7. But, man, it's it's too good. It's Water too 7, good. as a part of One Piece, yeah. is extremely good. Yeah. Water 7, by itself... It, it falls. It mm-hmm. starts to fall. Because uh, we talked about it when we were watching them. I have One Piece syndrome. I'm going to call it that. It's where I see something, I expect something. And, or... I'm anticipating when it will matter later. I'm not worried about pacing as much in terms of slow. I'm not worried about taking our time to know a character, and I'm not worried about watching someone walk away. Because when I'm watching One Piece, I know that it's going to get somewhere. And, and that makes you perceive Hunter Hunter very differently. That's that's a, how, That goes down to how One Piece is structured overall, yeah. which is very different than pretty much any other anime, yeah. is that One Piece, the goal at the beginning... The goal of getting to the end of the Grand Line and finding the One Piece and becoming King of the Pirates mm-hmm. is always the goal throughout. Yeah. Yeah. That is at always there as the end game. It is the if most want... unique One Piece thing ever. And we talked about it on Discord. Other shows have kind of dabbled in it, like Naruto with the Hikage thing. Um, and Hunter Hunter could have done it with Finding Jing, although they find Jing, spoiler alert. Um that is uniquely One Piece. Like and, and I know where we're going. Every every arc in One Piece is a significant step in that journey. Yes, that progress is made little by little, yeah. incrementally every time, to the point that like One Piece is one arc. Yeah, it's one. Sh- it's 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 it's, a, it's equal to Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It's one thing. All sixty episodes is one thing, and just we're talking about all twelve hundred episodes are and, one thing. And for Hunter Hunter, there is something like that. Like Kinda. Gon has the overarching goal all the time of trying to meet uh, Jing, mm-hmm. and Killua has the goal of of proving that he can be decent, and he found someone to to, to trust in. Yeah, and th- yeah. There, it is satisfying how that is borne out through it, uh-huh. but not everything that happens in Hunter Hunter is in service of getting to that goal. Mm-hmm. To the point. Case in point, Chimera Ant has nothing to do with moving Gon closer to his goal. It has nothing. The Oh, it's not true. It has one thing to do with future arcs. Obviously, Netero passing away. That's the that's the but big thing. here's the thing. Gon does not move closer to his uh, his destination yeah. through anything Gon does. Yeah. And through anything that happens in Chimera Ant that's yeah. related to Gon. Like, he ends up meeting Jing after Chimera Ant, yes, in the election arc, but it's because Jing happens to show up where Gon is at the time. Yeah, it just happenstance, yeah. Um, so that, that I do I am gonna I'm gonna pat myself on the back because we we looked this up. Uh, Watch Mojo, by no means a standard. <laughs> Let me get that out of the way before people accuse me of anything. It's it's very trashy, we know. By no means a standard, but they are obviously one of the biggest list things in, in the world. 
Um, and they put, for the best arcs, they put Chimera Ant at number four and Water 7 at number two. Just a little whatever. In case you're wondering, Frieza was number one. It's yeah, a watch for, mojo obviously, list. It's obviously <laughs> And honestly, we can't debate that because it's the fucking Frieza arc. You know. And they did uh, the greatest shonen animes of all time. Hunter Hunter was number six. One Piece was the one fucking piece. It's number one. One Piece is untouchable. But I am incredibly happy that I sat down and watched it. As you know, I mm-hmm. I only basically got into anime through you guys. Um, and I got into One Piece because other friends told me to, and that's just been the only one I've cared about. I'm happy I'm expanding my horizons. I'm happy I'm starting to watch more things. And as I do, I understand why One Piece is so hard for people. I'm, I'm coming around to that. Maybe not perfectly, probably never perfectly. I'm coming around to that. Hunter x Hunter is a big step in that direction. It's a massive juggernaut shown in anime that does some of the coolest shit in the world. And I get to see that and I get to learn from it. But Hunter x Hunter is overrated. And I will die on this hill. Well, all right. Uh, so we, we have a definitive answer to which is the better art. Chimera Ants. We agree Chimera Ants. Yes. If we had to expand it, though, to what anime, mm-hmm. and specifically the anime, mm-hmm. is an overall better package. Mm-hmm. It's One Piece. It's One Piece. Yes. Um, I'm, 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 I was actually, I'm not even going to lie, I was getting nervous with you moving into Thriller Bark, which is considered one of the lesser One Piece arcs, which we both disagree, mm-hmm. vehemently, I would say, especially. Um, I was worried you were now going to be out of the One Piece vibe. Which was not giving you enough credit. Like, you are I, a- like, my goal was to hit Water 7, and now that I've done it, I'm like, okay, I've got what I need from One Piece, and I'll move on. Kind of, yeah. So, And, and also that you had seen what, like we said, was better. You've seen a different version. You've seen a lot of anime, but you saw another pinnacle, and I was worried you would be like, oh, that's right. I don't need all that One Piece story building. Fuck that. This is great. And I was like, oh, no, he's going into a kind of a bad arc. What's going to happen? I'm happy you're enjoying it. I'm happy you're getting to my favorite stuff now. Uh, the crew's all together. The gang's all there. Like I, I vehemently disagree that Thriller Bark is a bad. Oh arc. yeah, it's a, aside from the Sanji fight. hundred percent. Yes, aside from the Sanji story. Yes. The whole story of Sanji is the big asterisk, but the arc is phenomenal. Again, Oda knows how to pay off and move on better than anyone, especially in Thriller Bark. Um, it is. It is. It is. It is. One Piece is still and will always be. My favorite anime, I think. Ah, no, I like Yu Yu Hakusho so much. Uh, well, whatever. Point is, we did our comparison, and I'm very happy we did it. I'm very happy I'm watching more anime. Gurren Lagann is fucking awesome. All right. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Well, we'll just end it on, on this. The official winner of this tournament of yeah. arcs. Tournament? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to yeah, do yeah. more in the series. Cause, yeah, because yeah. it won't necessarily be like big exactly big. this format. Yeah. We've been talking about what the next thing was. We were thinking like... Full Metal Brotherhood yeah. is, is definitely... 2003 versus full FMA Brotherhood yep. is a future plan. Yep. These will come out very slowly because obviously we have to watch a lot of That's content all... to get to that. And I'm still going to be doing podcasts, um, though. And we can, we can do like individual podcasts on anime we watch because, as you said, we're watching Gurren Lagann. We can talk about... And I am having a great time with Gurren We can Lagann. talk about that. It doesn't have to be a comparison point. Right. Um, but, just... Tournament of Arcs. Tournament of Arcs. Winner this time? Chimera Ant. Chimera Ant. Uh, stay tuned for the next one. We will be talking about. We're already half, well, almost halfway. We'll be talking about Gurren Logan. Yep. So until next time, thank you for listening. I am Kevin. I'm DJ. And see you next week. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. I was busy.
speaking of the man of the machine.